everybody welcome to psi love you xoxo episode 25 i'm one of your hosts greg miller alongside the new face of video games blessing Addie oye junior what's up greg nothing now here's what i want you to know mm-hmm. barrett courtney is running the show today barrett courtney has been nervous because i don't know if you know this about barrett, barrett courtney barrett courtney is always nervous and so i saw barrett when the train the live thing was going it said no sound did the intro have sound for the youtube recording or do we need to do that again i think it was uh, you guys popped up uh before the intro was playing for like a minute um and you guys were muted so i think they were talking about that but i'm pretty sure the intro did play (laughs) beautiful that's all this is my first time doing like full production stuff in a very long time so i'm figuring it all out I don't know if you know this. Kevin's never fucked anything up, so you should think I know. Twice I, have a, I yeah, have a very Kevin high bar. Kevin has a very clean record. It's yeah, actually very surprising that Kevin's able to come through day after day after day and just, like, hit everything perfect. Perfect. He's pitching perfect games left and right out there. Yeah. Uh, blessing. And Barrett, since you're on the ones and twos, I want your input too here. We have a very important question, all right? It was written in to patreon.com slash games, just like you can to be part of PSI Love You XOXO. And... Joey Noel says, hey guys, big fan and first time writing in. If you were a character in Bug Snacks, what kind of snack would you be? I think I would want curly fry arms or fruit by the foot legs. Love, Joey. Oh, uh, Bug Snacks. Talking about Bug Snacks. This is a very good question. Uh, well, of course, is... everyone knows from the PS5 event, Bug Snacks, one of the PlayStation 5 console exclusive games coming oh, out. Yeah. One in of which the biggest you, games coming to PS5. You see these bugs, and they're also snacks. So if you see like a strawberry, which says, and it's walking around, you eat it, you get strawberry hands. They, the, we've seen hot dog hands. We've seen curly fry hands. There was a hamburger, I think, at one point called something funny. Yes. What's the hamburger called? Bunger, bunger, is what the burger is called. Was right. that was that an like, exclusive? Like reveal? burger and hunger put together. Was that an exclusive scoop? I think so. Yeah. Hey, Pop Agenda. What other exclusive bug snack scoops can you give us? Strawberry. Strabby, not a strawberry. A strabby. Is it a strawberry though? Yeah. But it calls itself a strabby. Yeah. Does it know it's wrong? They all have pun, they all have pun names. Strabby is a is a pun. How? I think because they're actual oh. bugs. Wait, what's yeah? Tra- how's Strabby a pun? What, what's the pun? It's like, not. How's Bunger? It's just mispronunciations like, of words. That's not a pun. Bunger is like burger, burger and hunger. Oh, burger right? and hunger. I like that. That, that one I, I get. Mean, but Strabby what, is Strabby is a weird one. I, I, I'm not on board with that one just yet. Because these aren't the actual. Let's keep in mind these aren't the actual fruits. These are the bug version of these snacks. The Correct. Yeah. So it's not a strawberry yeah. that is a bug. It is a bug that looks like a strawberry and probably it's tastes a, like a strawberry. Yes, it's a strawberry. I think that checks out. Pierre's not Pierre's not trying to tell us any information on that one. Uh, I think obviously I'd have chicken wing hands. Duh. I'd have oh, little yeah. drummy hands. That makes you know? sense. Yeah. Okay. Now, would it make sense to have? I, I feel like it'd be it'd make more sense to have like drumsticks for legs. You know, Shit, I feel like that'd get more creative good. because I I, I really feel good. like. I feel like everybody's going to go for the for the arms and for the hands with like. The I, forget, well, I don't, you know, we know so little about bug snacks. You know what I mean? It's sweep. It has swept the world by storm. It's the song everybody can't stop singing weeks after the PlayStation event. But we still know so little about what looks to be a completely nonsense game. 
That's true. Completely fucking nonsense game that makes no sense. And so, yeah, even being a bungie, if I eat the bungie, do my hands turn into the the bunger? If I eat a bunger, do my hands turn into the bun? Can anything you anybody always start from the hands? Yeah, sorry. Blessing from kindoffunny.com is asking Pop Agenda who represents uh, Bugs Next. Is it always the hands? Watch the trailer. Watch the trailer. Wow, PR is not having it today. Jeez, you know what I mean? Jeez, Louise. I'm what would you want to be, Wes? I'm going Cheetos. I'm going Cheeto fingers. I think because I, 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 Cheetos, some of my favorite snacks, specifically hot Cheetos fries. I think hot Cheetos fries are amazing. Uh, hot, hot Cheetos puffs. I feel like hot Cheetos puffs don't get enough credit. Sure. Um, I love those. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with like puffy, puffy Cheeto hands, puffy Cheeto fingers. Okay, okay. What about yeah. when they get wet and they dissolve into nothing? I mean, that's I guess the name you go of the eat game. more. I, I, yeah, you, I guess you eat more. I feel like that's a problem with any of the foods you eat. You know, like and that's why I'm that's why I'm very excited to yeah. watch uh, to play this game because yeah. I'm very I'm very curious to see like where things go because you see the more and more they eat, the more and more they turn into snack. And if that's the case, then like at what point does it become? Does it, at what point does it like? Does the gameplay change? Because now you're fully snack and no more. When when do I become the bug snack? Right, I'm eating the bug snacks and becoming getting their attributes. At some point, I'm just going to become. At some point, a bungie was in fact a person. Maybe that's. I mean, we saw saw the amalgamation at the end of the trailer, and like. But the way they made that look is like it was a monster on the island. You think we become that monster? That's what happens. Maybe that's the commentary. Yeah. Maybe. Wow. Wow. Because how? Because how else does, does that thing get made? Unless they were they they used to be. I guess a, a hippo. What was the what was the main the main guy? Walrus. The main, the main, was it walrus. The walrus. Yeah. Yeah. So like he probably started off as like a walrus or a hippo sure, or whatever sure. kind of creature and just kept. He's kept a hippo who ate a walrus and then that became his <laughs> yeah. back form of walrus. Exactly, and then he just kept, the pun walrus. I don't. I don't get that 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 pun at all. Like a yeah, walrus. None in a, of them makes sense. None of, none of these puns in quotes makes sense. It's not a pun. None of these no. are puns. <laughs> like none of these are puns. No. I don't know. Uh, Barrett, what do you want to be? This is a difficult one because, like, my favorite food, pizza, obviously. But then sure. if I eat pizza and then I, I I don't know if we have control of what body part the uh, the snack takes uh, place of, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, um, I would ask PR, but it just she's just going to tell you to watch the trailer. So hold on. Exactly. And so... I'm I I get worried if 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 a body if a body part of mine gets turned into one of my favorite foods pizza, am I gonna be tempted to eat myself? Of course, eat the dick. And pizza and dick. so and so I I don't know if I would want to go with pizza. Like maybe I I go the opposite route and try to eat things that I turn into that I wouldn't want to eat. Oh, so I, I'm prevented from wanting to eat myself out of now, existence. Exactly. Well, it's like Pizza the Hut, right? In Spaceballs. Yeah. yeah exactly. Whatever. Uh, what's I'm gonna slow down my playback speed here, right? To point two five. Yeah. Well, if you go to the 59 second mark, we mm-hmm. see the mayor eating food, and it looks like he ate either strawberries oh. or tomatoes to get hands. But then they go to his feet. But then if you play just a little bit further, he ate a bucket. I guess. Well, he has a tomato nose, and then he's wearing a bucket on top of his head. Maybe it's a ketchup thing. Then he his whole body becomes a potato. Yeah. He's a water. He spins water. around. He becomes a chocolate chip cookie, maybe. And a donut nose and ice cream scoop legs. And then, okay, pause it here. 101, he's a watermelon body. Yes. Cantaloupe arms, apple slice fingers. There's like a pineapple hair. He's got a pineapple thing going on. Wow, you really changed my opinion of this game, Blast. Because, yeah, and then he's the next one. Oh, there it is. We got a bungee on top of this guy's head. 101. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Pickle hands. 
I go for pickle hand right now. But I feel like it. it I feel like it always starts from the hands, though. As it far do, as what it I'm does. Saying. I do feel like it always starts from the hands. So yeah, do we have choice ever? Of like, I'm looking right now as I click through. I should have watched this entire trailer in slow mo. Look at this because the mayor's rolling a donut into a thing, and then the mayor fell down. That's weird. Now we got a submarine sandwich caterpillar. Okay. Also, real yeah. quick too, I, Jen and I were talking about this the other day. Hoagie grinder submarine sandwich uh, hero. Uh, is this is all just regional, right? We're always talking about a sub sandwich, right? Is there a difference? Oh, you're asking the wrong person. I do not have sandwich knowledge like that. But all the, all the words you just said sound like similar things to me. You know I've, what you're gonna get, right? I've heard the term hoagie so many times that I've never actually asked what it is. And at this point, I'm too scared to really know what a hoagie is. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, I don't. Yeah, you know, I think it was like. Let's Google that too. I guess, man. We're getting. Yeah, because I'm looking up a picture of a hero sandwich, hoagie. and it looks like it looks like it's just a sub. Yeah, hoagie, hoagie says uh, Wikipedia. Oh, it's a hoagie redirects to submarine sandwich. A submarine sandwich, also known as a sub hoagie hero or grinder, is a type of yes. sandwich consisting of length of bread or roll split lengthwise filled with a variety. Okay, cool. So that's taken care of. But bug snacks, I do now. I cannot tell you. Do I have to eat things in a certain order? Right. That's the thing. Let's say I want the watermelon body. Do I have to eat it at a very specific point to have it instead of yeah. watermelon hands? Yeah, because it seems it it seems like because I'm at the end of the trailer where the 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 walrus guy he has the strawberry arm he has the strawberry right arm eats the sandwich that then becomes his his left arm and so it seems it seems like it starts from there then it goes to the legs then it then it does go to the full body and so like it's the fifth thing you eat that's gonna become your body oh. and so if you want a water if you want watermelon body you just gotta wait and eat it after eating four other things. Huh. Very exciting game this is. I'm really. I mean, there's to a lot of layers to it that I weren't. I was not expecting. Yeah, we never really actually like. We've been talking a lot about bug snacks, but we haven't actually been like talking a lot about bug snacks. And like, the more you talk about, it, the more I'm like, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Well, if you remember, yeah. of course, the song does say talking about bug snacks. Oh snap! So yeah. it's like it knew it was going to happen. It's calling the shot here, kind of thing. A uh, big question, I guess, blessing, of course, is that mm-hmm. now nah, this is now bug snacks. I love you, XOXO. By the way, bug snacks. Sweeping the world by storm. Everyone talking about it. Everybody singing it. People making covers. Then people writing. You know, Push Square wrote an article about Andy's cover of the Bugs Next song. What's your? What's your? What do? What's your? Uh, what do you think the Metacritic on Bug Snacks is going to be? Oh. What are you thinking? Of? Is this one you? If you hadn't blown all, if you hadn't blown ninety six dollars on Miles Morales in the freaking PS I Love You fantasy draft, would you have tried to get Bugs Next? I, I'm. I'm gonna be honest. I have been considering Bugs Snacks just a little bit, just a little bit, and I'm looking up. I'm looking up Octodad right now on Metacritic. Octodad on Metacritic right now is a 69. Nice. Okay. Yes. And here's the thing: Octodad came out in a different time, which yeah. I think makes this conversation very interesting. Because what Octodad came out in like 2014, and so if we're talking about a game from the same creator of Octodad that has a similar level of of, of quirkiness and charm, that is coming out. As a launch window title for mm-hmm, the PS5. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm. I mean, I'm honestly probably in the 70s. That's kind of where I'm at. You yeah. know, like I, I feel like people. I feel like I feel like this this could work. You know, with 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 the right kind of people. But I don't know if this is gonna like blow any. If I'm giving my serious answer, I don't know if this game's blowing anybody away. I don't know if this is like a go-to game for my my fantasy draft. Yeah, sure. And that's what's interesting about it. And I think. Comparing it to Octodad is an interesting one, right? Because Octodad had a similar thing. Great song, if you remember. And everybody was behind it, and everybody thought it was totally quirky and crazy, you know, coming out of PAXs and stuff, playing it. But it was that thing of getting it home and then getting frustrated with the controls. Because, of course, you were an octopus trying to blend in as a human, so they had you stumbling all over the place and bumping into things and having trouble just walking down the aisle, right? 
Mm-hmm. That worked. That worked. That worked for it at a PAX or a showcase or something you wanted to screw around with your friends. But I think when you got home and you wanted to review it and put a critical score to it, that was a different thing. Whereas Bug Snacks, I would assume, is going to control normally. I am a person walking around getting my strawberry hands. Once what, I get them, can I walk? Can I still pick things what up? Do you think, what do you think the gameplay of Bugsnax is, though? Is that it is a, a great question. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great question. Around, but like, are what, we? what the Actually, fuck is the gameplay of Bugsnax? That's a great question. Have they said anything on the record, Bob Agenda? Well, Not yet. I have a question for Jen. What is, what is, they started tweeting out inspirations for Bugsnax on Twitter last week. What is the, the Twitter... What's she saying? She's now yelling at us to read the website. You know what I mean? Like, I got time for that. Like, I got time to... Well, no, we're having fun. We're, you know, this is how conversations organically happen. Can Jen tell me the the Twitters of the people that are directing the game? Yeah, you you want that right now? (laughs) Maybe message it to me? I don't know. Jen, text blessing the the Twitters of the people making this game. She's just saying young horses. She's not going to give you any directors. Yeah, I but I need, I need names because from their actual Twitter accounts, they were tweeting out inspirations. They're saying that the game takes inspiration uh, from Dark Cloud. The game takes inspiration from, I think I saw Bioshock in there and like Viva Pinata. Oh, like, I, 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 I do remember that. I do remember yes. that. And I feel like we, we can gauge a little bit like, all right, what is this game from the inspirations that they're pulling? She said for me to read the fact sheet. I'm opening up the press kit. Here's the fact sheet. Bugs Next takes you on a whimsical adventure to Snacktooth Island, home of the legendary half-bug, half-snack creatures, Bug Snacks. Invited by intrepid explorer Elizabeth Megafig, you arrive to discover your host nowhere to be found, her camp in shambles, and her followers scattered across the island alone and hungry. It's up to you to solve the mysteries of Snacktooth Island. What happened to Lizbert? What are bug snacks and where do they come from? But most of all, why do they taste, and then in all caps, so good? I don't know what any of that means. Nobody knows what it means. It's a fever dream. Features, discover and hunt and capture all 100 different species of bug snacks using a variety of contraptions and bait. Explore and diver- I'm sorry, explore the diverse biomes of Snacktooth Island and track down and reunite the inhabitants of Snackburg. Follow every lead to learn more about Lizbert's bands of mi- band of misfits and the mysteries of Snacktooth Island. Stuff your new friends with bug snacks to customize them with countless new looks. And then the screenshot right. is just bug snacks. <laughs> so 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 a programmer slash producer at Young Horses who develops Bug Snacks tweeted this last week about okay, his okay. personal inspirations. Right? He just he just he just tweeted four images of four different games that were the inspirations for him for the development of the Bug Snacks. It goes Viva Pinata, Ape Escape, Pokemon Snap, and Dark Cloud. Four okay. games that have nothing to do with each other, which makes me very excited to see like what kind of like Dragon Ball Z fusion dance these games did to 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 give birth to whatever that the actual gameplay of Bug Snacks might be. I mean, the the capturing part sounds like Ape Escape, like the capturing. Of well, it sounds like the, Pokemon, doesn't it? It does sound like Pokemon too, right? Capture a hundred different different Bug Snacks. Yeah, I guess Pokemon Snap. You're kind of well, Pokemon Snap. You're like literally capturing them like in pictures. You're not like catching. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this makes it sound like you're capturing them and force feeding them to your friends. Because it's talking about like stuff your new friends with bug snacks. So to be clear, the our friends aren't the bug snacks. Stuff your new friends with bug snacks to customize them with countless new looks. So we're on the island looking for Lizbert, and we're gonna have new friends. I assume the mayor is one of them. Is Lizbert the walrus? Do we know that? Mm-hmm. Lizbert's the walrus. She's missing. Oh. 
So we have the mayor. He's one of our friends. That mm-hmm. thing that runs up to Lisbeth at the end of the trailer, not the monster, but the other one is like, I got weenie fingers or whatever. He's going to be one of our fucking friends. And then we, fee- we force feed them the bug snacks to make them into creatures that can then do things. Like, I guess there's going to be like doors that only strawberry hands can open. Does that make sense? Oh, that would actually be really cool. I'd actually be, be re- really into that. That's actually a really oh. cool idea. I want to know what the dark cloud thing is referencing. Like, is it like going Dark Cloud, where in, in Dark Cloud you're going you're going into dungeons and like, are you going to dungeons in this game, and are you like finding your bucks next there to then take out of the dungeons and use around around your community? Okay, what I can confirm for you now is that I'm looking at the press kit still. I can send it to you, uh, Barrett. Do you have the ability to bring stuff up like Kevin does? I sent it to you anyway, Barrett. I hope you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I sent it to you, Bear. If you want to go to the bug snacks uh, press page, blessing, you're getting it too. Because there's two critical pieces of information we can pull. These are in your slacks, by the way. Two pit- critical pieces of information here. Because you scroll and it's like all the gibberish I just wrote or read. That's garbage. Uh, then it's the trailer, sure. Then it's screenshots, and the screenshots look like the things we've already seen, right? We got a the yes. French fry spider guy here with his little ketchup uh, head or whatever. We got the Bungie Burgery, whatever the hell's name is. The ribs, you know. The mayor, you know. Then some snails playing basketball that I don't understand. But then we have a campfire scene with five, no, hold on, six different friends, the mayor and some friends around it, bless. Mm. And they're sitting there. The mayor's just got a stick over the fire. I bet they didn't have time to animate in the marshmallow. And one of them's playing guitar and has like Elton John sunglasses on. One of them has a strawberry like head, but not a head, you know, just like a, not, maybe a hat. But what's very interesting, blessing, is right beneath that that uh, screenshot you have what I believe it. I don't, I don't, again, I don't remember the trailer. Well, I probably should have watched it. You know what I mean? I didn't know we we're going to have this much of a dissection. Here I, didn't, dude, I didn't know either, but we're here beneath that in the screenshots, you have uh, this image that is in first person of somebody looking at their watch. So we're playing in first oh. person. Apparently we're getting these. Oh. I, you see what I'm talking about here? Cause you got oh. the bear. Are the people seeing this? Oh shit. Doesn't matter. Everybody, you can go to the very easy URL to remember younghorsesgames.com slash. If you're having the same, slash, having the same issue I'm having, you got to period back. PHP question mark P equals bug snacks hashtag. Okay, they got it now. Uh, when you scroll though, you see the, this one. The, you one see, to the look right. at the watch. He's looking at his watch. He's got a falcon in front of him. He's looking right at his up, watch. Yeah, right, right, right there. Yeah. The so now we can arm. confirm bug snacks in first person. Maybe everybody knew this, but we were just talking about the bug snacks song, I think, more than we were actually talking about bug snacks. The game. I feel like. The more we've talked about it within the last 10 minutes, the less I understand about what this game is. But, but I'm also very more hyped more, for it. I am more hyped for it because like the, there was a tweet that they made. Um, I believe this was the Young Horses Twitter. They tweeted out the other day, nobody suspects a thing, which I know Octodad. is an Octodad reference. But what if that is also referencing Bugsnax? What if this game has something deeper under, under the layers that we just There's been realize? this rumor. There's been an ongoing rumor out there that, 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 that it's, whole, it's, it's hiding something more sinister. And there is a monster that rushes you at the end. Now, granted, as you just yes. said, maybe that's us. But then also, the one thing we haven't talked about with this rib photo, when you look at the ribs, the baby back ribs crawling around, they're crawling over literally a shallow grave. There are oh, you're right. three different skeletons, four different skulls in here that have been buried shallowly with what looks to be some kind of drum. Did the ribs do this or did the monster do this? There's a lot to digest in Bugsnax. Yeah, no there's, a, there's a lot here. See, that's a pun. That's a great pun. Strawberry being pun. called strawberry or whatever pun. isn't a burger being called bungee. That doesn't make any sense. God, you know what I mean? It's a great game developers. 
Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, this is PS I Love You XOXO. It's your PlayStation podcast each and every week. Blessing and I come to you usually Tuesday in the morning, uh, 6 a.m. Pacific time, youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Uh, podcast services around the globe, roostreet.com, anywhere you want to get it. Remember, you can get it early though, patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can watch us record it live like so many people are doing right now. I wasn't going to name names, but I clicked on the wrong thing. Like Mike L., Demetrius Newell, and uh, David Mertz. Hey. So many more of you, but thank you for being here live. Um, yeah, on Patreon, you're going to submit your questions to patreon.com slash games. You can get the show ad-free, and you can get it with the exclusive post show we do each and every week. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, some housekeeping for you before we get into the show proper. Uh, believe it or not, it's this week, ladies and gentlemen. Neil Druckmann, Ashley Johnson, and Troy Baker are coming to the kind of funny games cast for a last of us part two spoiler cast gloves off. Talk to them about making the game, uh, what their themes were, uh, all that jazz under the video game. Last of us son, you can write in to kind of funny.com slash Patreon. No. Yeah, that's right. Kind of funny. Kind of funny.com slash Patreon or patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can submit your questions to the games cast feed. I will pull them there. Also important for this show. PS. I love you. XOXO as promised next week's episode, episode 25 will be us doing a spoiler cast with you for the last of us. Uh, part two, uh, IGN's Janet Garcia will join blessing and myself to go through your reviews, your questions, your stuff like that. Now the, you know, what a week and a half you've had to, to play that game. I know so many of you already done with it. Just go on and send in your questions for next week's PS. I love you XOXO or reviews. I want to ma- mainly have what you guys think of the game. Uh, go from there. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers for making this show happen. Uh, Mohammed Mohammed, Connor Nolan, James Hastings, Sancho West Gaming, uh, Julian, the gluten free gamer, um, Delaney Twinning, Aaron Bonilla, uh, Jeffrey Long, and Jesus Barrio, aka Bent Fork underscore PR. I assume that's a Twitter. Do you assume that as well? I don't assume anything. You know what they say about when you assume things? Make an ass of you and me. Exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, this week, hmm, that's interesting. See, I was I, here's what I want you to know, everybody, because I'm such a good guy, and I'm so good at my... I'm not a good guy. Well, I'm a good guy, but not for this reason. I'm good at my job in stretching, right? I was doing it because, oh, I didn't, I didn't look up who the ad was this week, right? So then... Well, I did that whole thing about bent fork PR and whatever, right? I opened the ad so I'd be able to say it. And then I saw it says me undies. But then right underneath it, there's another person. There's another ad that is in there, but it says the wrong show underneath it, which is very confusing to me. You know what I mean, Bless? Oh, yeah. I see. I see what I see what's going on. I would I'm gonna give it to him. Maybe we're wrong. Mm-hmm. But well, I don't think we are. The other the other guys are the ad for they're already on games daily so why would yeah. you put them here right they have to be here today today we're sponsored I, by me undies and purple mattress but i'll tell you about <laughs> that later for now let's begin the show with what is and forever will be this week's x's and o's blessing take it away we have four items today greg are you ready yes number one can i ask you a controversial question <laughs> i would love to hear a controversial. yeah i want to hear it yeah is The Last of Us Part 2 PS4's biggest success? Uh, I'm pulling this from Christopher Dring at GamesIndustry.biz, who writes about some of the UK sales going on over the weekend. The Last of Us Part 2 was shot to the top of the UK box charts in significant fashion. The action horror game is Sony's fastest-selling release this generation, narrowly beating the opening week of 2016's Uncharted 4 by just over 1%. Download sales are not included in this data, so when we factor in digital sales, it's possible the game's launch was even bigger. The Last of Us Part 2 is comfortably bigger than its, uh, than its PS3 predecessor, with 
launch sales being 76% higher, although it's worth noting that the PS4 is more popular than, than uh, the PS3. As a result, it's the biggest UK launch for any box game released this year so far, with, la- with uh, sales 40% higher than the previous best Animal Crossing New Horizons. So, Greg, I ask you, based on these, these very early pre- preliminary sales, and we're talking about the UK specifically here, and so we got to wait until we see what the worldwide sales are, and especially like, you know, weeks afterward, what that looks like. But from what we have so far, what we've seen, what the reviews are, is The Last of Us Part Two PS4's biggest success? Oh my god! <sighs> it's a, it's 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 a very open ended question. Well, what very, I wanted, it's well, I mean, because it's Spider Man. Otherwise, right? Spider Man's the best selling PlayStation Four game outside of this, right? Yeah, if we're talking about best selling, yes, yeah. Well, isn't are we judging success by sales? I mean, I listen. Success is just a word. You can define it however you want. I'm just. Oh, asking I see you. how you're gonna weasel out of this one. All right, that's what I'm trying to figure out over here as I'm googling around trying to come up with what the actual numbers are because i forget what spider-man's at right now do you remember uh what it's at right now i i don't know off the top of my head now july 18th i'm looking at a sammy barker article on push square ps4 exclusive spider-man spider <laughs> ps4 exclusive marvel spider-man is the best-selling superhero game ever uh august 2019 it has sold over 13.2 million spider-man damn it's a, it's a big number. I'm trying to find uh, more recent numbers. Is it going to be? Is it? I, mm. The Spider-Man numbers are such a juggernaut number. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man is so much more well-known than The Last of Us, I feel. That I can't imagine this being PlayStation 4's bi- biggest success. Does that make sense? I can see that. I I, I mean, I think I think that makes sense. I think... In terms of if if you if you laid out like the first party catalog to me, like at the beginning of the generation, you asked which of these games are gonna sell the best, I probably would say Spider-Man, you know, knowing like no like knowing the brand of Spider-Man, knowing that like a good Spider-Man game can appeal to so many people, knowing that it's more of a family brand. Like Last of Us Part Two being mm-hmm. such a violent and rated M game, like overall is going to limit its sales, right? Like, especially when you look at, at the wide reach of a game like Spider-Man. Like everybody loves Spider-Man. Like not just not just kids, not just families, like everybody loves Spider-Man. So here's um, the thing. I'm looking at the Wikipedia for the best-selling PlayStation 4 games, right? Number one's Grand Theft Auto 5, 20 million. Number yeah. two is Uncharted 4 at Thief's End, 16 million. Number three is Marvel Spider-Man, 13.2 million. So we're oh, hung up on the fact that it's the best-selling superhero game of all time. That's what we're getting. Hung interesting. Up so then and it gets seems- really interesting. Can Uncharted yeah. Uncharted 4, another naughty dog game, right? Mm-hmm. And to to point back to this article, like Last of Us Part Two in Europe is already beating Uncharted Four in terms of like the first weekend sales. Right. Do you think this continues? I mean, yeah. Right. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's always so hard. I've never been the numbers guy, as everybody who's ever watched me on any show knows. So that's always the thing about it. Where again, Uncharted Four right, is the fourth entry, which I know is stupid, sound, but stick with me, right? Of like, that's how much time that's built up and how much love that has for it. But even then, those putting out that many things and finally ending Drake's story, that just built to that moment. So the last of us part one and then sitting on that for seven years and letting that cook, right, and become so important and so exciting. And so having people fall in love with it and be so enamored with it, does that then have me, lead to this being pent up, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... <laughs> The action horror like- game is Sony's fast, fastest-selling release this generation, narrowly being the opening week of 2016's Uncharted 4 by just over 1%. Uh, 
Download sales are not included in this data. I feel like for as as big as Uncharted is, The Last of Us Part 1, I feel like was just so better acclaimed, like just oh, yeah. widely. Like I think people people more so look at The Last of Us as a masterpiece more so than any of the Uncharted's. And I think when 100%. you factor that in, and you, and you factor in like the audience love for the characters, even though I know Uncharted had love for those characters, I feel like Last of Us just has like a specific special sauce with it that is going to make it outclass Uncharted in terms of the wide reception uh, or not even wide reception, but like in, in terms of sales, in terms of how many people come out and show up for it. You hope so. You know what I mean? Like, I think as much as we've talked about how amazing the last of us part two is, and this is me. I know, I know you've, you've backed off the 10 out of 10 masterpiece take as much as I have, but as I, I think I still it still think it's incredible. Like nine, no, you hate like, it. It's fine. Your review. Almost a masterpiece. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I I did rate it a one, but still. <laughs> That's just, it's either a one or a ten to you. It's easy. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a ten. It's got to be a one. Um, yeah, I'd like to think it would. But again, it's how much more palatable is Uncharted? You know what I mean? I know that's something we've gone back and forth on too as well. Uh, oh, it's pandemic. And oh, like, do people want to be depressed with The Last of Us? And that's not necessarily the emotion we pulled out of it, but so many other people did pull out that out of it. And I have seen people mm-hmm. say they're staying away because of that or watching somebody stream because of it uh uncharted 4 you know uncharted always this bombastic uh pulp adventure but you're talking about there being way more playstations out in the wild now than there were on chart when uncharted 4 came out let alone you know the continued tale of uncharted 4 it's definitely possible i just wonder how much yeah not even, not even the review bombing, not any of that crap. How much that, but like how much the actual subject matter being more adult and more dark, how much that mm-hmm. would turn people yeah. off. I, I'd and like that, to think it wouldn't, but I mean, you're putting it up. I, I honestly feel like you're taking this, and I know this is ridiculous because, of course, it is a PlayStation Studios first party, multi million dollar, triple A. In a lot of ways, I feel like you're taking like something that's trying to be this art house film and putting it up against a blockbuster, right? Not and I mean it doesn't it, like I said I know it's AAA I know the action gameplay is there and the crafting and the killing and the cards and I know a million other ways that yeah. obviously this is not that but I would say there's more substance to this than in Uncharted there's more substance to this in terms of uh, what's happening than your your usual AAA video game go shoot something in space yeah and I can see that and I and I would point back to what I was saying earlier right like I think in terms of the subject matter of of the Last of Us Part Two I think it still comes back to this game is rated M. This game is very violent. This game is not suitable for children. Uh, you know, this game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this game limits its audience in that way. Great point. In a way it's like that, an R-rated like, movie, right? Yeah, it's like an R-rated movie versus something like Avengers, where you know you're Un- Uncharted ha- has that leg up in terms of how many people are going to be able to play it or how many people are going to be willing to play it because it's just more accessible in that way. Um, I don't know. I'm very. I'm. I'm. Very we say curious. that, of course, in GTA Five is number one. Yeah, but GTA Five is still GTA Five, though. Like sure, GTA, sure, GTA sure. is a whole different kind of kind of franchise where you can you can race in Grand Theft Auto, right? Like go on go go online and just race cars, and that be okay with your parents. Or like you can go you can go online and like do uh, like your team death matches and stuff, and have it be analogous to a Call of Duty in a way where if you're a parent and like you you look over your shoulder and you see GTA Five being played by your kid, it's less of a thing than like looking over seeing last is part two and seeing ellie just like gutting one after another yeah like stabbing these people um and i and i think that that multiplayer factor in gt online in general just has a 
it's it's weird because it is GTA, but it still has that wider appeal toward like the amount of the amount of kids I hear when I log into GTA online, uh, when sure. I log into a lobby, you know, is 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 uh off the chain. Um and that's just that's just because like, you know, at a certain point parents just let it slide. And whether or not that's right, that's a whole different discussion. But you know, I think I think there's just a lot of people of all ages that are willing to play uh, GTA Five as opposed to Last of Us Part Two, where of course kids are still going to play it. Like people of all ages are still going to play the Last of Us Part Two, but I think I think the number is lower because it's, it's there is way more of a focus on that violence and on those adult, adult themes than yeah. GTA, where there's a whole lot of that. There's a lot of there's like a lot of like fucked up adult shit in GTA Five, um, but there's also options there where you don't have to necessarily engage as directly with the over-the-top adult shit. And that's just where it gets interesting. And there's a really interesting wrinkle to this in a second, but Mm -hmm. yeah, where does it, because you looking, let me go through the top 10 PS4, at least top seven, because that gets into the argument here. Uh, Number one, Grand Theft Auto 5. Number two, Uncharted 4. Number three, Spider-Man. Number four, Witcher 3. Uh, Number five, God of War. Number six, Last of Us Remastered. Number seven, Horizon Zero Dawn. Then it's eight, Gran Turismo. Nine, Monster Hunter World. Ten, Final Fantasy Remake. This is according to Wikipedia, of course. Um, I just, yeah. It's such an uphill battle when you get into Uncharted 16 million of Can the Last of Us Part 2 topple that? And here's what here's where it gets interesting is lifetime. I think it could. Do you want to know why? Blessing. Why? There's a there's an HBO show coming. Like think of what the think Netflix. of what Netflix did for The Witcher. Like I really the, you I really do see that you having this game come out great and then whatever it is a year year and a half two years or whatever it is till Last of Us the TV show starts and when it does start I could easily see that so many people being like oh my god this is awesome it was based on a game where can I get these games oh you know PlayStation Five is backwards compatible or whatever you pick up uh, remastered you pick up Last of Us Part Two and you go at go at it that way and then I would see those numbers maybe spike again in the same way Witcher Threes did. I can see that. I think that's a very good point. And I also think whatever they do for PS5 as far as like quote unquote like re-releasing or updated releases or what that may look like for The Last of Us Part 2, I think could also be a, be a big influence. Because if there's like sure. a different skew or some sort of PS5 version of The Last of Us Part 2, then I think you also start to pe- see, you start to see people double dip the way that that happened with The Last of Us Remastered, um, yeah. which is going to boost sales way more than than uncharted than uncharted 4 but also like to the question of what is ps4's most successful game if we're talking about like just limited to ps4 then i don't know how you want to factor that in but then that would be the biggest problem i think yeah is if you start if they make a playstation 5 specific skew that has faction multiplayer bundled in with it and whatever the hell else then yeah that wouldn't affect the numbers here you're talking at the end of a console generation what is going to happen which is of course where you want a huge exclusive to drop you want it to drop when there are the most units out to play it when you have this runaway success that is the PlayStation 4 especially you know with their games c- carrying over to PlayStation 5 even though I know I have seen people tweet that they're going to wait for PlayStation 5 to pick up the last of us but even then you'd be behind the PS4 SKU so it would fall into this yeah. argument Greg, can I bring in a question from Easton? Sure. I just wish I had a heart. I wish I had the balls to answer it. You know what I mean? Of like, where the fuck this game is? Is it? I, is it its biggest success? Well, when I when I first posed the question, yeah. of course, like I did, I, I was thinking about success from a numbers perspective. But the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I was like, what what about this question from just an overall like the way we look at, I guess, the biggest games or or the best games of a generation, right? Sure. Like. 
when when you look when when all is said and done and we look back at the catalog of the PS4, what do you think Last of Us Part Two's like position will be will will be in it in terms of I guess just wider influence and how we look back at the catalog? Like, because right right now, right, I look at the generation and I'm like, all right, God of War is that game. Like God of War sure. is the game coming out of the PS4 generation that I see as you know one of the biggest successes in terms of reception and how how well it redefined a character and redefined a franchise and and how well it sold uh spider-man i put up there too horizon zero dawn i put up there too and i think last of us part two is easily going to be among those ranks but what do you think is is the most successful one out of those in that conversation honestly i don't think anything touches rocket league i'm just going to throw that out there do me a favor and drive the fucking show and don't be on it barrett all right damn Damn. Damn. Do me a favor and like uh like fucking pick a side at this point, Greg. Stop <laughs> pussy putting off the pot, will you? Fuck. No, I love the question. And I especially when we get it away from sales, which I always fuck up anyway. When you just ask what is like when we think of PlayStation 4, like right, and you think of the exclusives, what are you going to think about? And what are you going to look back at it? And I think that I don't think it's beyond the yeah. realm of possibility that last of us part two will be at the top of that list for a lot of people because really? i do think you know, i do think like i know i've said it and i'm trying not to be beat a dead horse here but i do think that the last of us part two represents a major step forward in video games as an art form whether you love or hate the story whether you love or hate the way the gameplay does all this different stuff but when you look at it and you see the way they seamlessly meld from gameplay into cutscene, when you see again what i complimented them so much for last of us part one no spoilers don't worry for last of us part two but what i complimented them so much there for being the entire game here of like no we're telling you a story you are we are you are uh, i'm not you are not but you are our prisoner for this right like we are we you're on a ride here you don't get to choose your own adventure you don't get to do this we're here to tell you we are in the same way authors sit down and have you uh read their story in the same way you go watch a movie uh we are telling you something that's uncomfortable and you have to be along for the ride i think that is something that will be dissected long after the PlayStation 4 is gone, long after people are not playing Last of Us concurrently. I think, you know, even right now, the amount of spoiler casts and podcasts that keep happening, you know, the fact that I could do the Game Explain one and have great conversations, then go do our, our spoiler cast on youtube.com slash games right now and have great conversations. And that blessing, you could do that, and then you could go do that drunk Jenna Garcia one for three hours, right? Like, this is the kind of game that I do think that in the same way we debated, uh, you know, Joel's decision in The Last of Us Part 1, I think, for years. I think you'll see people still from yeah, at a bar years from now, whenever PSX comes back, God bless it, one day, knock on wood, that you'll still see people at whatever hotel bar three in the morning sitting there talking about this and why this was the right choice or this was the right thing. Greg Easton writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, what's up, Greg and Bless? I'm halfway through the last of this part two and I feel like I'm going insane. Am I playing a different game than everyone that's not a critic? The audience reception of this game is shocking to me. The mm. game is so well put together and the story, while perhaps initially cheap feeling, has added much more meaningful context over the 14 or so hours I played. But honestly, I was all in from the first cutscene. Needless to say, the online vitriol has me questioning my own taste in games and also concerned. Two questions for you guys. Do you think the backlash will do you think this backlash will make Sony rethink the autonomy they've given Naughty Dog? Or at least result in more narratively standard games going forward? Uh, big AAA games need to be able to take risks for the industry to move forward, in my opinion. Also, do you think everyone would have been so quick to jump on the hate train uh, had the leaks not happened? Uh, thanks for all you do, uh, Easton. 
This is a very inter interesting question, especially in the context question. of I. So all weekend I've been on Twitter. Right, the game came out uh, Friday healthy, morning. But. I guess it's not, definitely not healthy, but <laughs> it's, it's kind of all I can. I've been able to do this weekend. Um, the game came out Thursday, of course, and as people have been experiencing it and have been uh, uh, playing through it, I've been very curious just to see like. All right, now that people are actually playing it, what is like? How are people feeling about it? And I've been surprised to see that like it is still like somehow more divided than I thought. Like when I look totally. around in the community, I'm seeing so many people actually like really love the game. But just in general, when I like, and I don't suggest anybody do this, but especially because of spoilers. But just in general, when I type in the last part two in the Twitter search just to see like what people are talking about, see what's trending, yeah. you know, there's like a lot of people. There's so many people that are that are very off put with a lot of decisions made in the game narratively in a way that i'm very surprised about in a way that i kind of get if you just read the spoilers and didn't play the game yeah. but you know seeing people who are actually playing the game and come out the game and i mean i'm and i'm talking i'm talking about like vitriolic response i'm not necessarily talking about people who are like this game like this game didn't live up to my expectations or this game made some choices some bad choices here or there or this game's like an eight or this game's like a seven i'm not talking about those people i'm talking about people that are like vitriolic like this game is terrible. This game is they like they they ruined the last of us like that type of stuff. I'm su I'm surprised to see how much of it uh, uh, is is out there. Yeah, me too. And I think that's what's been fascinating about it. You know, we always talk about uh, when we're working on a review and you're running up to that embargo. Usually, we don't even know if, if we're lucky enough to have multiple copies and we're all reviewing together. We usually don't know what the other person thinks until you sit down, and so this way time around having it be that i know we liked it and i knew that uh uh dornbush liked it and i talked to a few other people who were playing you're like oh my god this game you know blah blah it really was it was surprising to me let alone when it when, when it came out and like you know uh cali gave it like an eight and you started seeing like the un, unscored reviews being a little bit more like i don't know this violence is bad i didn't need you to tell me that which i, I think is quite the reduction of the narrative but i understand what their dry points were and i'm obviously redu reducing even more their reduction uh but then to get it out into the I, when we put up the spoiler cast on friday i you know checked in on youtube and it was nearly 50 50 thumbs up thumbs down which if you are a podcast listener or just don't pay attention to that kind of stuff that is not the traditional kind of funny video the traditional kind of funny video is 95 to 97 percent thumbs up and then this you know incredibly tiny minority down i'm looking down at where we're at right now right now we started to go back it's a thousand up and uh 757 down as of uh, recording this show right mm -hmm. and what i justified on friday looking at it as i was like oh okay cool like Clearly, the reason this is getting downvoted, let alone the fact that views weren't up, that's an expected thing, right? We put up the spoiler cast as soon as we can so that when you beat the game, you can come watch the video. And so we put it up knowing that it's, it's going to be a long tail. And so you put it up knowing that the people who are going to click on it day one are either other reviewers, other people who have somehow got an early copy and played it, or they just don't care and aren't going to play the game to begin with. The kind of funny audience, right? You're not going to come around until you've beaten until you want to get in there. So you'd, wouldn't, you'd miss out on the you know normal thumbs up or fans who are going to come in and do that kind of stuff. So when I went there, saw this, I was like, man, that's a crazy reaction. I read the comments. It's just people basically like, I watched the cutscenes, I read the story, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, then you know this doesn't yeah. jive for me. To watch throughout the weekend, people cross that finish line and see so many of them that are, you know, peers and respected uh, reviewers and, and, and personalities, whatever you want to say, uh, cross the finish line and be like, I did it. It's done. 
I don't know what I think about this game. I'm going to need to, you know what I mean? And not be like, mm-hmm. and see people who are like talking about like the violence or I didn't like the story choice or it's this really interesting push and pull to see what people are taking away from it in a way that I wasn't expecting. I was expecting it to be that, yeah, I don't, I, you know, I understand the violence, but I agree this game's, you know, 10 out of 10 or whatever, that this game's a masterpiece or this game's, you know, really, really great. The amount of debate and back and forth, the different things people are getting hung up on that I didn't get hung up on, you didn't get hung up on all these different things. It's an interesting thing to wrestle with. And it's why I, I've said on all the shows, right? I'm so excited for us to get more and more people there. And the reason we keep doing different content on it, the fact that there was a review, then there was a spoiler cast this week. There's another spoiler cast next week. There's your reviews with us and Janet. Like mm-hmm. it's, it is the, and this is again, back to my, you know, the nut of my argument in the review is that this is unlike most, if not all, or it's just most video games, right? That I think it, it does things and achieves things and plays with you in different ways that, leave you feeling the way you usually don't feel when you roll credits on a video game. And I think that's why everybody is having these reactions and wanting to talk about it. And I do think that there's going to be dissertations written on this in in colleges, right? And papers. And it will be a game we talk about for a long time in terms of agency choice, characters, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff that I don't want to spoil. Yeah, of course. An update on uh, how I feel so far. Yeah. Not Bucks. Oh. Uh, without spoilers, yeah, can you tell us where you are? I, I'm about eight and a half hours in. Um, can I say like location and? Yeah, you're in Seattle, right? Yeah, so Seattle. Um, day two is is okay. what I'll say. That's good enough. Um, That's good. Enough. I I really like the game. My only problem is that like you know uh, a feature that we saw in Last of Us Part One uh, and we see it return in two is uh, the feature that makes me feel safe around all of these zombie type of uh, monsters, which is the listening mode, where you can sure. kind of get an idea of where everybody is at and all this stuff. And I just got introduced an hour ago or a little over an hour ago to a type of enemy that is not effective to those enemies, and I just want to say, fuck that. I hate it. <laughs> stalkers, right? I'm so scared of the stalkers. I just, I, I didn't want to bring yeah, up their that. name specifically, uh, just in case. But well, no, um, if you were, we did a preview on PS, I love you, where I was like, oh yeah, and the stalkers, and people were like, they aren't new. And then there was this debate back and forth in the in the the body or the, the comments, right? Of like, they're not new, but the way he's describing them isn't how they act in the first game. Yeah. And like that night, I hit the stalkers in The Last of Us Part One, and I was like, "Oh, they drastically changed how these guys act." Oh, I don't remember the stalkers. And yeah, I didn't really. You won it. You won it because they're just not the same. And, and like I played that, I replayed that game like a week ago or so. Um, but yeah, uh, they're they're real scary, and I I hate it. And sure. that's the only thing I hate about the game. The rest of the game's pretty good. <laughs> to to Easton's question here, do you think everyone would have been so so quick to jump on the hate train had the leaks not happened? Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think people would have been so quick to do it. I I do think we would have eventually kind of got there though. Like seeing now that like the game's out and seeing uh seeing reception over the weekend and seeing people kind of go back and forth on it, I don't think it would have been as vitriolic and as like um like I don't, I don't think people would have been so quick to just like you know, judge and leave it alone. But I do, I do still think based on um, events in the game that people, people would have gotten to that place where, where they were like, oh man, fuck this game. I think I that think, would have still happened. 
that would have, but it would have been met with the mixed response. You would have had the people who yeah. were already applauding the choices and saying, oh my God, this is so great and brave. And then it would have also been the people who are like, oh my God, this sucks. The problem was that when the leaks happened, I feel like they were mainly met with angry people because so many people didn't want to have it spoiled. So again, it was people of, I don't know how much they care or don't care. They got in there and really got woken up to what Naughty Dog was doing this time around. I think, you know, what another fascinating, you know, it's just starting, right? Like you were just the tip of the iceberg. Another fascinating wrinkle to all this, and I know I've said wrinkle 1900 times in the show, so you can add it to the new Greg Miller tired phrase book. Um, another wrinkle that was interesting was, you know, Blessing, I think it was you, right, sent me uh, the reveal trailer for The Last of Us Part Two when we were playing, yeah. it, right? And like, oh man, this is so much more context. And I watched it again. The link you sent was from the PSX, obviously. Or was it PSX? Yeah, PSX, where they revealed it. Was it PSX? The, or the, first, the very first time? Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, that yeah. was... Her playing the guitar. Game Awards? Was it Game Awards? No, it was, it, it, was, it was PSX because I was there. I was in the room oh, where right. it happened, it and it was PSX. hype as hell. And, that's, and here's my thing, is that that's what I found so interesting about it, was watching that gameplay reveal again and the crowd going crazy right when they realize it's ellie and then going crazy when they see joel and it being this thing that again last of us part one i feel like the entire way through is a pretty traditional video game until we get to that ending and like i've always said and i know it's boring oh my god i'm the bad guy and i had so many debates with people of like well are you the bad guy what is it blah 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 but it didn't take off in terms of a industry-wide, every gamer I knew, anybody who I'd bring that up to and they wanted to fight me, like, you're not a dad. A dad would have done it. It's a dad thing. And I'm like, but there's more to it since he wasn't really your dad. And she's, and it was like, no, 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 you, just not, you don't understand. I'm like, okay, cool. This game, I think, starts and never lets go of that. Not idea that you're the bad guy, but the idea of these are not perfect archetypes. These are flawed human beings. And I think that I already felt that way about Joel and Ellie. So to watch that reveal trailer and see people go crazy for them the way you'd go crazy for Kratos in God of War 3, that was interesting to me because I think part of people's distaste, part of people's anger to this is not only the fact that, oh, these characters would never act this way, which is one of the comments I've seen. You know what I mean? Oh, this they would never do this. What These people don't even know. Neil, Neil and Hallie don't even know like the characters they're working with. I, I already felt like these characters were able to exist in this gray area and were able to do different things based on what they were. And I think people waking up not only to the fact that they don't like where the story goes, but that they don't like the characters they thought they loved, right? This always goes back to, you know, the old, uh, like Colin and Greg Live even, where Colin would be like, oh my God, well, these people who are like naming their kids these things off of shows in season one, like you don't know what season eight's going to bring, right? And Khaleesi yeah. definitely turned out to be that way, right? Like, I feel like there's a lot of that wrapped up in this where it was like, ah, oh, I played this game and that ignoring that final choice and not agreeing with Greg, I see everybody to be like this. And then you get to this game where the creators are like, well, no, they're not like that. And they're not like even what Greg thought. They are this gray area that can do whatever. And I think that pissed people off on top of everything else that happens in the game. Now, this, this is a controversial question, but do you think that might be a failure of The Last of Us Part 1? Because I know for me, it wasn't until this this latest time where I where I went through the last list and I got to those points where, you know, I had those revelations that like, oh shit, like, you know, Joel's a smuggler. Like Joel's doing some shit that like isn't okay towards the end of this game. Whereas I want to say like my, my original times playing it, like playing it in 2013, I never really had that revelation that like 
Joel's the bad guy. I never really felt that way. Um, and the more and more I kind of sat with it, and the more and more I kind of went back to the game, I feel like that's when I start to, to, to get that flavor more and more when I focused yeah. on Joel's actions in, in the winter chapter, which, you know, could could be very easily justified as, totally. oh, no, he's he's saving Ellie. Like, he's he's doing good here. Um, and, like, you know, by the time by the time you get you get to the hospital, like his actions there, I think you can you can justify those too. Like for the most part in the game, all, so many of his actions, most of his actions are very very justifiable yeah. in a way that yeah, like when you get to the last of this part too, and, and things start to unravel in different ways for different characters, uh, and like you and you have people that do feel that like, oh man, I don't know if I I don't know if I agree with the way this character is acting. I don't know that this character would make this make this decision. Is that because the last of part one didn't necessarily establish? establish those characters in that way yet i don't think it's a failure at all i think it's what they were going for i think if you would have done that early on of like man what's what's going on here but wow like i i think you would have had a more cognitive cognitive dissonance with it right there would have been a break mm-hmm. for it i think it's way more interesting to get to the end of it and have that be either it resonates for you and you recognize it or you don't, or maybe another playthrough you do or somebody discusses it or any of those kind of things. I think that's what they were going for and that's what they wanted to make different. However, this is also the weird, not grading on a curve thing, but not accepting the parts as a whole, right? Like I always go back to that in the run-up to Last of Us Part 2, Neil was very clear of like, there's a reason this is called Last of Us Part 2 and not The Last of Us 2. He's like, this is the other half of the story. And so when you think of that and you put them together, and it is, we have this cliffhanger moment where it's like, what the fuck? Like, the, I can't believe we're leaving the characters this way. And then pick up and have an entire game where the characters are doing something very specific, whether you want them to or not, I think yeah. plays into what they were building, right? And when you look at them as the sum of their parts, I think that makes a lot of sense in why they did it and why they built it that way. To the point in Easton's question, uh, where Easton brings up, do you think this backlash will make Sony rethink the autonomy they've given Naughty Dog, or at least result in more narratively standard games going forward? I think to that, I don't think so. I think yeah. Naughty Dog has earned over the years uh, that benefit of the doubt. You know, like especially when you look at when you look at the Last of Us Part One, and even when you look at when you look at the Last of Us Part Two critical reviews, right? Like they knocked it out of the park. Like they they did they did an amazing job with this game. Uh, Uncharted I mean, Four also when you loop that in. And we're doing the thing that we do because this is our lives, right? And I'm talking about you, the viewer slash listener, right? Of like, oh, well, the scuttlebutt on Twitter is not that good. And the YouTube comments aren't that good. It's outselling everything else that's come before in the UK, right? Like the game is going to be a critical and commercial success. What the overall temperature of the public is, I can't say. I do not in any way think Sony would rethink this. If anything, I think it's going to show it's the first cracking the dam of really being able to and i guess that's not that's it takes away from a lot of people's work let me rephrase that it's the latest crack in the dam to where we're really going to get to where games will push you to think critically in a way they have not before and i'm not putting down the other games that i love and have made me fall in love with gaming and dedicate my life to it but i think the fact that we're having these kind of discussions about this is exactly what not only naughty dog wants clearly but what playstation wants as well and especially when they talk about you know, video games uh, being a medium, that there can be all these experiences. And like, in so many ways, isn't this what we've been chasing when we talk about David Cage and Quantic Dream games? Like, you want to have 
these rich worlds that you believe in and you care about and choices like in a, in a David Cage game, right? You make the choices and then see how it plays out. This one, the choices are made for you, but you, you they want that emotional reaction. They want the coverage they're getting where I see like the giant LA Times full page, not ads, articles about this. They want the think pieces. They want the headlines of, hey, they're doing something different here. Games are doing something different. And I think, you know, God of War did it as well, but even that wasn't as mainstream as this. Whereas, oh, they rebooted God of War, which was a big deal to us, right? That all of a sudden, wait, Kratos is in a different place. He's a dad. What's going on? And like, you go through it and like, holy shit, this is like God of War, but unlike any God of War before it, but still home. Whereas this gets to be we are making a cinematic experience, a cinematic game. We are taking you on an adventure. We are taking you on a ride. We want this to be just like your favorite book where, you know, it's this tome you go through and it's this journey you go through, especially including part one. But as I said, you know, in the review, like having played Last of Us Part 2, then replayed Last of Us Part 1, and then come back to Last of Us Part 2, like, I mean, and this is no disrespect to Naughty Dog, who's incredible what they do, but me personally, I feel like it's literally like Last of Us Part 1 is a crayon drawing and Last, uh, yeah, Last of Us Part 1 is a crayon drawing and Last of Us Part 2 is like this painting. Like that, I, 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 just to go through it and feel the video game-ness of Last of Us Part 1, of walking into a room and being like, all right, cool, this is a very small room and clearly that ladder has to get me yeah. somewhere and like da-da-da, whereas like Last of Us Part 2 is a more hey, there's multiple paths and there's this thing and you can go do that. And that's totally, I'll go through and spend an entire 20 minutes clearing out a building section, whatever you want to call it. And then it turns out I had nothing to do with it. It was just something that was over there for me to do if I wanted to. Kebabs writes in and says, was the crunch worth it? This mm-hmm. is a loaded question. I want to open up a discussion. <laughs> Thank you for the warning. Be careful yeah. on how you answer this. You might fuck up your career. <laughs> <laughs> I want to open up a discussion on the amount of detail in a game like The Last of Us Part Two and crunch in video game development. While I realize crunch isn't just about putting the, uh, putting these details into a game, I can't escape the feeling that not including uh, including things like being able to crack safes without the passcode would have put less pressure on the team. These details uh, do generate articles from IGN and Kotaku listing 80 tiny details you didn't notice uh, that enhance a game's acclaim, but does that justify the time spent on them? Do gamers just expect this sort of thing from, from quadruple A titles nowadays? Would you rather The Last of Us Part 2 not have this excessive amount of detail if the developers could work normal work hours? Thanks, and being awesome. Kebabs. So, this is, this is a very loaded question, and I, I don't think it's the, it's the, um, like, it's the if, if, or kind of situation, like, you're presenting here. I think, I think the biggest thing that goes into crunch culture isn't necessarily, like, I was gonna say scope, but scope does play into it. I, sure. I I think management is the biggest thing, though. Sure. Like I think you can still get a game like The Last of Us Part Two, uh, made. I and I think you can make get that get that game made with, uh, your your uh, team in, intact. I think what it just comes down to, honestly, is being responsible with with workers, being responsible responsible with how you curate a healthy culture, and you know pro- providing developers like all the resources they need in terms of, you know. Like I remember that that Jason Schreier article that that came out that was all about Naughty Dog and and the stories from there and I think one of the stories was like oh yeah I'd have to stay home, I, or I had I'd have to stay in the office for so many hours because I, I had to wait for somebody over in um in animation to finish a thing so that I could finally implement it uh, into my programming thing and then pass this along to the next person right like yeah it's it's 
stuff like that that can be ironed out with things like uh people in production roles you know like and and i I think part of that jason schreier article too was him talking about how uh you know they lack people in i can't i can't think of the exact role i think it is like production or something along those lines but there is there is a role that is specific that that is that is specified for someone who makes it easier for different departments and different teams uh to communicate and uh, to to ease that workflow and to make sure that that things are on point so that you're not crunching so that the 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 culture there is good for everybody and i think part of that jason schreier article was kind of exposing that and was kind of talking about how yeah they kind of lack in having people actually fulfill those roles and so i think one that's like an that would be an amazing start and i think two you know in terms of is the is is the crunch worth it right like yeah the the answer is the answer is always no. You know, like I don't need somebody to not see their 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 wives and kids for the lessons part two to get made. Um, I, th- I I think it I think it goes way more way more deeper and more difficult than that though. I don't know, Greg. Do you do you agree or yeah? A hundred percent. You nail you you hit the nail on the head. Right? Is like is the crunch worth it? Is it worth not seeing your family and doing all these different things to make this? video game and sell a gajillion units and yet no it is not you know what i mean like i think that is a hard thing to say as a video game lover that is a hard thing to say as a naughty dog i'm not i'm it's hard it's not hard to say at all i guess it's just that it's a complicated issue right this is what we come back to the long and short of it is of course crunch is wrong and the problem we get left and launched into i feel is that crunch gets thrown around so not easily but in so many different respects where when i think of crunch and i think of crunch as a bad thing i'm always thinking of and this is not a naughty dog thing or maybe it is a naughty dog i'm not using naughty dog as an example though but i'm saying the everybody milestone is in three weeks we are way behind everybody needs to work 20 hour days everybody you know this like mandate from the top that is like this is what's going on you need to fucking do this when a lot of other people, developers and even people and content creators throw around crunch a different way of, man, I'm on this thing and I'm working on it and it's great. So I stayed late at the office and I did all this stuff, but then I had this meeting. So I was here first thing in the, you know, I do it all the time of effort kind of funny of, you know, Tim has to stop me and tell me not to do that. Like he'll take me off shows because he'll see me start over committing and doing these different things because I love doing it. That's a different ball of wax, right? If we're going to sit here and focus on crunch culture of just being, we have to do this. We have to sit here. We have to be here all working a 19 hour day. We have to, that's of course bad. That of course is wrong to your point that you brought up and even kebabs, I think goes on, right? That it isn't really like detail, right? I realize crunch isn't just about putting those details in a game. It is so many systems. It is so many different uh, aptitudes. It is all sorts of things that are wrapped up in this, but in general, no, I'd rather see games delayed, but it is that thing of, when you have creatives, I feel like no matter how much extra time you give them, they're going to work up to the deadline. And maybe that's me speaking out of turn. I've never made a video game before. I've never worked in a studio before. But I know that as a creative, when I have more time for something, I take more time with something. And that's the big push and pull of this, of trying to find that healthy work-life balance for it. And not to mention the fact that, of course, what works for one doesn't work for all. One person can feel that they put in 20 hours a day there on their own merits. They want to be there. They're doing whatever, yada, yada, yada. And then they know to take a day off or they know to do whatever and it balances out for them and they're great about it. And then somebody else who's working 12 hours a day doesn't have the exact same feeling. And they also feel like they can't get out from under it because their boss is the person who works 20 hours and they're there doing it nonstop. Like 
unhealthy workplaces exist in so many different ways. And I think we're always so, you know, um, not quick, but personally, if I was going to talk about an unhealthy workplace, I would think of a bad boss, abusive boss, you know what I mean? Uh, people not being heard, people being forced out of the company, da, 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 da. when in reality, an unhealthy workplace doesn't have to be toxic. It can just be unhealthy. It can be that this isn't the way it has to be done. We can pivot, we can do it. And I think, you know, even with you guys, right, Bless, like, I see it so many times from you guys, uh, our employees are kind of funny that are like, you're doing something or want to do something and then you come and you kind of ask permission because I feel like at a job before or somewhere else in our industry or whatever, you've heard a horror story of somebody getting mad about that and we're the opposite. It's like, oh, I don't care. You know, do what you need. Do what you got to do, blah, blah, blah. That's, mm -hmm. every workplace has its own environment and its own thing and its own push and pull. The idea of somebody missing their child's little league game and I know it's like the most like, I'm thinking of like liar, liar. <laughs> like yeah. the most like textbook example. I'm a lazy screenwriter, right? But like not, not being able to tuck your kid in it not being able to go home and see, have a dinner with your significant other, anything like that. Like, no, the video game isn't worth that. Now, all that said, whatever Naughty Dog did to get to this technical marvel, to get to the, what I think is this huge step forward in video games, right? Like, they did that, and only they can sit there and say, and the employees and the people who made it sit there and go, yes, this was worth it or not worth it. But that, that's, I would never want, I could have easily done as, you know, Kebabs points out in his thing. I could have easily done if it would have meant somebody got to go home early. No, I did not need to know that I could audibly crack the safe, right? Like, listen and crack. I don't need that. Yeah, and that, that was actually one of the things I was gonna uh, point out because I'm always, I'm always kind of wary of pointing out like the small details. You know, being a thing that, hey, did we really, did we really need this in particular, right? Like, did we need the safe cracks? Did we need the uh, the 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 rope challenges and for like. Yeah. Char characters to be able to roll up rope uh or ellie able, able to roll up rope the perfect way that she does when she's about to like throw throw a rope over a thing right yeah. like i don't i don't i i think the difficult thing with that is that i think these things are also people's passion projects like in terms of the safe safe crack thing i'm sure it very well could be the case that whoever worked on that for naughty dog was very into that project and was like this is the thing I'm all about. This is what I wanted to do for yeah. this game. This and was is like probably why I'm here. like super stoked when they like finally figured it out and like how to make it connect yeah. to the rest of the game, you know? Yeah, like like I'm sure that person was on Twitter waiting for somebody to point it out. And once somebody pointed it out, they're like, fuck yeah, man, they noticed it like awesome. Like this is the, like this is my work. I don't I always I I don't think it's always those, you know, small unique details that translate to like, oh fuck, man, somebody somebody missed their daughter's recital for this, or like somebody yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. You know, didn't wasn't able to get home to like make the make their kids dinner or whatever. I don't know why it's always kids that I'm pulling in my head for this, but in in my head, you it's see always, enough of your spouse. You know what I mean? You don't need to come home. It's all mothers and fathers there, judging you all the time, working on their laptop, one leg on the kitchen furniture, refusing, one leg not. refusing to reveal anything about bug snacks. And that's the thing when yeah. you talk about spouse problems, the when just one of them knows so much about bug snacks and won't tell you the rest. It's just it's it's upsetting. But yeah, I think I just think it goes way beyond the, those tiny details. I never really use those in order to be, to be like, oh man, crunch is bad. I I, I think you know, it, I think it goes way beyond that. There are there are other places that I think that aren't just like the small details that I think that stuff can can reflect. Like I know I know for for a lot of games it could be polish. It could be just straight up like, hey, there's a lot of bugs in these games, and we're gonna have to like yeah. crunch to make sure these this game isn't buggy. Like it, it those things can reflect in a lot of ways. Um, and not in ways that aren't even obvious to us. And that's the thing about it where I know, you know, I, I like to think that I've been very uh, 
tried and true on this, and I've, I've had the same line, which is I will wait forever for my game. I don't want to know that somebody's going through a personal hell to deliver my game. But then it always comes back to the thing of, I mean, that's my stance, period. But I don't know how the person who, this is what it, it just gets so complicated. I don't want anybody sitting there being forced by their boss to stay there till work Saturdays and work Sundays and not do this and not see that. And it's such a complicated fucking thing. And what a weird goddamn industry we have where art has to turn into business. Craig, speaking yeah. of art and business, story number two, Radio Dawn, who developed the Order, Order, Order 1886, has been acquired by Facebook. Uh, this is an excerpt I'm pulling from the Oculus blog. Uh, they wrote today, uh, I'm excited to share that Radio Dawn is joining Facebook and the future of groundbreaking content in VR has never looked brighter. Why Radio Dawn? Well, Radio Dawn is a veteran game developer having shipped games to multiple platforms in the past and a VR pioneer. They've created four games for the Oculus platform since 2017, including Lone Echo, Echo Arena, Echo Combat, and Lone Echo 2, which is currently in development all of which feature Ready at Dawn's signature zero-G continuous locomotion system and full-body IK, which stands for inverse kinematics. Greg, did you know that? Because I did not know I that. I did not know that. Yeah, man. Inverse kinematics. I uh, love Facebook's inverse kinematics because the, the inverse kinematics are so much better than the reverse kinematics. Exactly. No, they're so, they're so much better. I'll turn you inside out. You don't want that. Exactly. With Facebook's latest advancements in VR technology, Ready at Dawn can readily explore a, a feature of rich and immersive original VR content. Greg, what does this mean for the Order, order 1886? Oh, man. Oh, man. Blessing. And it, it's the thing where I saw the news go up and I clicked on it, but it was just like Ready at Dawn and like they were getting excited about something. So I, I clicked on it and I jumped in and I was like, <gasps> like, did Sony finally pick them up? And of course, no. <laughs> Of course, they're not. that's not what's going on. They're going to Facebook. You're like, okay, cool, great. Because I don't know, have you played in any of their stuff like Lone Echo or Echo Arena or any of that stuff? I played Echo Arena, yeah, and it's actually pretty like, good. Exactly. Those games yeah. are great. Yeah, I think two years in a row, if that makes sense, timing-wise, for Judges Week, we went down there and did the Oculus area, and they had Echo Arena, and then I guess Echo Combat. I'm trying to, yeah, that makes sense for names, right? It was that thing of, jumping in and playing those and all of us being like holy shit like this is amazing we played a whole bunch of other vr stuff that was fine but like not like you know well newsworthy playing echo arena the first time and being in that zero gravity you know we're throwing the i forget the discs or the ball around and then you got the yeah, thing the, the disc it was like holy shit like this fucking works so well and it was that okay cool that's ready at dawn and it's like man like as a playstation fan you're like you got yeah, you didn't nail the order eighteen eighty six. There was something there. It was talked about for so long and gestated, right? And then by the time we got it, and it was this short experience, and it ends on a way. I think that's going to be interesting, right? Of like, hey, we got vampires and we got werewolves and we got penises. Let's see what happens. I was like, mm -hmm. yes, let's go there and see what goes on. To never get another shot at that sucks. And it's, so, it's, yeah, I, I, what does this mean for the order? The order's dead. Like I do, yeah, because the order is published by PlayStation. I assume has it ever been spelled out if they order the if they own the IP? The order. I've always assumed that it was published by PlayStation. It was. I mean, no. I mean, oh, let me to be clear. Or, it was definitely published by PlayStation. Yeah. yeah okay. So here you go. VG twenty four seven on June twenty fifteen. Order eighteen eighty six developer doesn't own the IP is now platform agnostic. So yeah, just making sure. I thought that's what I would have assumed, but I hate to make an ass out of you and me. Exactly. And yeah, it's so I'm looking back at uh, Ready at Dawn's 
like, I guess, gameography. And it's actually kind of, like, it's interesting to see because The Order 1886 is really, like, the, the one game they made that wasn't received as well. Because they yeah. started off making PSP games with Daxter and God of War Chains of Olympus. Dude, um, the God of War one. Come on, man. And Come they, on. And they made a... They also did Okami for the Wii, um, but then they went on to do God of War, Ghost of Sparta for PSP, uh, and God of so War good. Origins Collection, right? Which yeah. were like all well, like very well received. Um, and then you get to the Order 1886, which has a, a 63 on Metacritic uh, for PS4. And then from there, it was just like, well, I guess they also did uh, Deformers, which was also low on Metacritic. But that was a yeah, but Deformers was such like a weird thing. one where they were just like, we're making this multiplayer game, and it was in between all these VR things. Like I think you saw yeah. them drifting that way to becoming a more VR-focused studio, which I always held out hope for, you know, PlayStation VR stuff then. Uh, but yeah, it's not yeah. it's not surprising because they found success and they found a great partner, clearly, with Facebook and Oculus. So to see them go there makes sense. I'm excited for what they do next. But yeah, there's always going to be that part of me of like, oh man, like, like, I'd if, like to see yeah, you try to take another shot at the order. Because yeah, immediately after the Order 86, 1886, right? They go on to do Deformers, which I'm gonna gonna throw out because it's such a weird thing. But then yeah, the, all the Echo games, Lone Echo, Echo Arena, um, Echo Combat, and they all have like above 80 on Metacritic. You know, which they like they found their footing, they found something that works, and they they're they've already had success with VR, and they're gonna continue to have to to have success. But it is kind of a bummer of like, man, what if like they got bought and turned into a PSVR studio or just yeah. You know, continue to get more chances. Um, and so, rest in peace. They're gone, but not forgotten. From PlayStation. Well, I was going to say, wait, hold on. No, they're still making a lot of games. <laughs> We're probably yeah, going to no, Quest. They're still going to be very successful, and they're still, like, they're, they're making that guap. But have you, have you used any more of your uh, Quest? Are you doing any Questing? I, like, I bump in and play, and play like, a bunch of random games. The one I've been playing lately is Pistol Whip, and let me tell you, that uh, game is difficult. That game is yeah. really hard. As somebody who, like, I love Beat Saber, and I feel like I'm very good at Beat Saber... Pistol Whip is on another level. Like even on normal, that game is giving me issues. Um, like like issues in terms of it's difficult, not issues in terms of it's bad because it's actually pretty incredible. Sure. But that's coming to PSVR soon, and I yeah. and I can't wait for it. And that's I'm adding that to my um, Greg. I figured it out by the way when I talked about uh pets like four weeks ago on a podcast and like my 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 brain fried and I couldn't figure out like what the acronym was. The acronym yeah. was Port Everything to Switch. That's what pets stand for. Uh, okay. And then somebody on Twitter, and I might bring this up later when I have time to actually look it up, but somebody on Twitter actually recommended a better acronym for my uh, bring stuff to PlayStation acronym. But okay. I'm, adding, I'm adding Pistol Whip. And it's already being brought to PlayStation, so I guess I don't really need to add it. But sure. Pistol Whip, coming to PlayStation, look forward to it. It's amazing. Bring stuff okay. to PlayStation. You, I mean, you're, you, you cheated, but you could do PSP. Bring stuff PlayStation. We're leaving out the two, but who cares? It Wait, did, like you say, did you say PSP? Yeah. PSP brings stuff PlayStation? Yeah, but I'm saying you just leave out the two. Like P isn't like P as in as in portable, <laughs> S as in studios, P is in portable. Listen, blessing, there's some problems with the acronym. I'm just saying that PSP could easily stand for bring stuff to PlayStation. All Greg, right, that's all I'm saying. Greg, are you trying to hint at us that there's a PSP2 on the way? I think I don't think I'm hinting. I'm straight up saying it, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, wow. Holy shit. PSP2. Uh, it's time for PS5 watch, Greg. PS5. Greg, why haven't we heard about PlayStation's answer to smart delivery? The Great question. Possibly because there is none. There is no answer to smart delivery. Uh, this is from VGC, where they write an article called PS5 uh, PS5 reportedly won't have its own Xbox smart delivery alternative. This is Andy Robinson. 
PS5 will reportedly not have a unified free cross-generation upgrade program like Xbox Xbox's smart delivery. Instead, Sony will leave such upgrade programs to the discretion of third-party publishers. An SIE spokesperson reportedly told Japanese publication GameSpark, translated by Video Game Chronicle. According to the publication, an SIE spokesperson said it, quote, plans to be as flexible as possible in supporting any publishers choosing to provide upgrade plans, end quote. Microsoft's smart delivery is an initiative which means players, quote, only have to purchase a title once in order to play the best available version for whichever Xbox console they choose to play on, end quote. This is separate from Xbox Series X backwards compatibility, which will run legacy games at current gen or increased performance levels. Although Sony will reportedly not be actively promoting a cross-gen program, its stance on third-party developers is not unlike Xbox's, which allows, allows studios to decide for themselves whether, whether to support smart delivery or not. And while it's not, not yet clear if Sony intends to offer free cross-gen upgrades for its own first-party titles, the platform holder is yet to announce any games planned for both PS4 and PS5. Electronic Arts said this week that owners of, of uh, physical PS4 copies of Madden NFL 21 will not be able to upgrade to PS5 if they own the digital, digital edition console. Uh, they will be given a free upgrade if they own the PS5 console with a disk drive. The SIE spokesperson reportedly, reportedly declined to comment on this policy when approached by GameSpark. And I saw that uh, actually earlier, as, as we've been recording this episode, uh, Barrett sent us uh, this, this thing on Twitter. And Twitter's not loading for me for some reason. I've been having Twitter problems all day. Um, but it seems like Marvel's Avengers is also going to be going to have like a cross-buy situation, a free upgrade to PS5. Or digital. It's coming from Wario64, but it, this is the question here. It's a free upgrade to PS5. Is that not just smart delivery? Barrett, don't ask questions that are going <laughs> to cause an uprising. <laughs> yeah, Wario64 tweet. Marvel's Avengers for PlayStation 4 will feature a free upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version, disc or digital, available on PlayStation 5 holiday 2020, PS4 version out September 4th. God, that's close. So... <laughs> Greg, what's up? What's what's happening? What's happening here? What's what's going on? What's on your mind about smart delivery in PlayStation Five? So smart delivery is at the discretion of the third party, anyway. So again, I guess the so the the, the well, they, so in particular, right now, at least, especially with the Wario thing, what they're talking about is a free upgrade to the PlayStation Five. So where this would differ from smart delivery is that if I bought the PlayStation 5 version, would I be able to regress to the PlayStation 4 for free as well? Now, I don't know why you want to do that, but maybe your mom, your grandmother has a PlayStation 4 at home. You have a PlayStation 5. You know, you go to each other's houses and stuff. Right? That would be the difference. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the biggest thing with smart delivery is you're buying the game once and you just have all versions of the game. Yeah. Yeah, which is, what, which is pretty much the same thing you're saying. But to put a wrinkle into this, Oh no. And no, 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 not even. And it's a good, it's a wrinkle that I think will, should align me with nanobiologists in the chat or whatever. And because I know what everybody's always saying. If PlayStation is just going to leave this up to other people and there's free to upgrade and do that other shit, then what they're talking about for PlayStation is cross buy, which would be that PlayStation, I'm, I'm Crystal, or I'm a Square Enix, I'm making Marvel's Avengers. I give you the disc. 
you buy it or you buy it digitally or whatever. And it's just like with Vita and just like with uh, when I buy my or get my Ratalika games for free that are the cheap Platinums, right? And I redeem the code and it says, do you want to download, you know, the PS4, PS3 or X, the Vita version, all yeah. of the above, whatever, right? It would be mm-hmm. as cl- simple as clicking that. And it would be as simple, I think, and I say simple loosely because this is so confusing, right? But uh, for anything that's going to get a PlayStation 5 version, just taking that version of the game in quotes and attaching it to the version that already exists so that when I open up my uh, PlayStation 5 library, I'll see everything there that I could download that is attached to my PSN name because those games have been enabled cross-buy. That's the workaround fix of it. The, work, the question is, since PlayStation is leaving this up to developers, or not even developers, publishers, how many publishers will actively do that? The argument, I would think, is that you'll see a lot of people fuck it up at launch because a lot of people fuck things up at launch. And then mm-hmm. I think, hopefully, our consumer smashback will be so hard and loud that they will not fuck that up going forward. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I think, I, I mean, I... Hmm. Yeah, I think when it comes to smart delivery and what this means in comparison to smart delivery, I think we won't really understand the ripples and what the conversation really is until launch and we see, not even until launch, until the ramp up to launch where we see, all right, who are the ones taking advantage of each system? If we see on the Xbox side that way more developers are taking advantage of smart delivery because there's something that, that either makes it easier or it's something there that is more enticing to developers to take advantage of that as opposed to this upgrade system on the PS4 uh, to PS5, then I think it becomes a, a little bit of an issue for the time being, like that launch period, the first couple years. Um, yeah. But if it is... I could, I could see a scenario where we look at all the games that are taking advantage of smart delivery and all yeah. of them just go, hey, on the PlayStation 5, we're just cross-buy. Right? We're just doing an upgrade. System. Sure. And I think that... And I, and I think at that point, like the conversation kind of becomes less... I, you know, the conversation becomes less important in terms of like, all right, what is PlayStation doing in comparison to, in, to Xbox? And I think it just yeah. becomes a conversation of like, oh, cool. This is awesome. Like we all get our games. The number one difference here, and again, we don't know for sure and yada, yada, yada. I won't know until we have a PlayStation 5 under our TV or they go into details about this. Right now, based on what's happening here and everything else, right? I would say the biggest... I think for so long we talk about smart delivery. Oh, it's a buzzword, right? It's just a marketing term. It's yada, yada, yada. The more we talk about it and the more we debate all this shit and the more it's like, what is it? The thing I love about smart delivery is that it's in the fucking title what the difference is versus PlayStation. It's, it's that your Xbox is smart enough to know what you own and what you have and make it easy. Where I think that it is going to be that you turn on your your Xbox One and if you or I'm sorry your Xbox Series X and whatever things smart delivery you go to your thing they're all just there they're ready to go. I feel that and I don't know this I guess because technically it wouldn't be like this but I if I was a betting man I would say based on what we know now which isn't anything that it'll be more complicated for a PlayStation Five to understand that if it's gonna I guess that doesn't make sense though because if it is what I'm saying that you're I don't think it's in a perfect world. You go back, you patch the game for PlayStation 4, you say that there's a PlayStation 5 version, they're cross-by, they're together, right? I have a feeling that's going to be more difficult knowing the PSN than it won't be, if that makes sense. I'm trying to think of any games, and I know this this might be something you have to write into later, uh, patreon.com, or you can just tweet me since this isn't me asking for a free question here. But are there any games that have been released and then given cross-by later? 
Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like, is there a, that's a very I, good question? I don't know because that's my thing. Is I and I just know how weird the PlayStation is at times and the PSN is at times that you're going to be able to you, Marvel's PS4 will include a free upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version, right? So, like, when we buy that, theoretically, you would if it's going to work the way it's worked, when we buy Marvel in September or Avengers, you turn it on, you look at your trophy list, it should say PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 right next to it, and that would to me go, oh, okay, they got this, they understand what they're doing. If it doesn't, then I'm like, well, then it's a patch and then it's a thing. And how do I, do you have to ping the server to let it know? I'm, I'm probably overthinking this and I'm probably underselling, you hope, knock on wood, PlayStation on how easy this will be. But mm-hmm. Xbox has a great messaging of you. Just turn it fucking on. It's smart. It knows which one you own and which one will run best for you. Yeah. I'm curious to see like what that means for, with what you're saying, what that, what that means for trophy and achievements. Because the way I, the way I see it, I would think that the PS5 is going to have a different trophy list or not different trophy list, but like a, like the same trophies, but PS5 versions of the trophies, PS4 versions of the trophies. And I imagine it'll, it'll, and I'm not, I'm not totally educated on like how that works with cross by. I know like there's some games that trophies for, for for all versions and some other games that don't do that. Like you have to get the trophies individually. And I don't know what what happens. I would imagine trying to think of a better example because i'm just pulling from my own personal experience right but my imagination my i would think that if it's the way you're talking about it would work for a game like avengers the way it works for dc universe online which dc universe online was when i i had my ps3 version when i logged in for the first time on playstation 4 it of course pinged the dc universe online servers knew I was a character, you know, downloaded my... I, I logged into the game as my character. I was playing on PS3, but PS4 did have its own trophy list. However, since the game is based on progression online, it just went, oh, oh, he's level whatever, and it just went bing, 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 and gave me all the trophies I had on PS3 on the PS4. They were separate lists, though. I'm now, that, I one, also, that doesn't I, play I as have, well with the idea because... DC Universe Online, of course, a free-to-play game, so I didn't have to worry about buying this version of it. I just downloaded it, like I downloaded it on for free on PlayStation Three. Yeah, and did you did you carry over your, carry over your save progress? Yeah, like, save I, progress and everything worked. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that, I mean, that's that the biggest thing about this is like context. for Marvel's Avengers, for Destiny, for Division, if they do a PlayStation Five version of it, I think Rainbow Six Siege is confirmed to have a PlayStation Five. All of those have to carry over your save data. Yeah, and so which would hopefully mean that you're all, you're automatically digging those trophies. Well, yeah, if it's a separate list. exactly. If it's a separate list, for sure. But then it's also like there are you do share lists sometimes with games that are cross by. So, what could you? Can you add something later to cross by? I guess is what I don't know. And you might say, well, of course you can. And maybe there's an example I'm forgetting. Let me, the thing, the thing that the thing that's making me curious is they're not calling it cross by. Like nowhere here have they actually oh, said cross by. Oh, like for both Madden and NFL. Um, and for Marvel's Avengers, right? Like they're calling it an upgrade system, and that's that seems to be led more so from on the developer side than, and I'm sure like it all happens through conversations with PlayStation and in the store and all that all that stuff works out. But you know the way as I understand this, right? Like, and, and this is now in comparison with uh, Xbox Series X. You know, in terms of in terms of what that means for if you have a PS5 and you buy a game. You know, it seems like you're if 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 I buy Madden NFL 21 when the PS5 comes out for the PS5, doesn't seem to me like I'll have that for the PS4. Like it seems like that's just going to be a PS5 game to me. Which in the overall conversation, 
doesn't matter as much to me because like why am I going to go back and play my PS4 version? But I'm sure there's people that will because maybe people have multiple consoles or people have a console at their grandma's house or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and so you know that seems to me to be like a a a key thing in terms of like the difference. Um, but then also like this disc thing is 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 very interesting in terms of like. And I would, I'm going to have to like actually read the whole, or, and I'm not going to do it now, but go into the, the Marvel's Avengers article to see how they talk about like disc upgrades. Because am I going to GameSpot, handing somebody my disc, and, and then getting the PS5 disc? I'm, yeah. cu- I'm, very, I'm very curious on how that works. <sighs> Has so. there been a PS4 slash PS3 slash Vita game that added cross-buy later? Like one version of the game was out, and then months later another version came, and you got it for free because you already owned the other one. Even writing it out, I'm like, I know this has happened before. I know. We're in some weeds. I know. We're in some We're weeds right show. now. This has happened before. Comma, but I'm blanking. Why, why are you doing this? I'm just going to sneak in uh, story number four. This this last one is just a PlayStation update for you. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima has gone gold. This is a Twitter. <laughs> or this is a tweet from at Sucker Punch Production on Twitter. At Sucker Punch Prod. Uh, on Twitter. They tweeted today, we're thrilled to announce that hashtag Ghost of Tsushima has gone gold. This is the culmination of years of hard work from our team, and we can't wait to get it into your hands on July 17th. Yay. This is awesome. Yay. It's cool. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's really nice they let this small indie The Last of Us Part Two have its moment in the sun, but now get out of the way. Here comes real game of the year. Andrew Goldfarbs, the Ghost of Tsushima. It is. It does feel kind of nice now to, ha- to have Last of Us Part Two out of the way and now Ghost of Tsushima now has kind of the runway to to breathe a bit because now I'm like you know having having Last of Us Part 2 as that and I'm calling it an obstacle but like I mean, <laughs> I, mean I mean that in the most polite way possible having Last of Us Part 2 be this obstacle toward Ghost of Tsushima Part 2 has been like man I really I'm really looking forward to Ghost of Tsushima but I guess like right now all my energy is on Last of Us Part 2 because it's the biggest game right now the biggest game one of the biggest games of the year um but now that's that that's kind of over and done with I know we're in a position where we played the game early, and so we have more of that runway than people that are playing Last of Us Part Two right now. But well, I mean, I think kinda, depending on where you are, for, depending on where you are saying, in PlayStation ecosystem, like it's it's Last of Us Part Two right now, and then I'm so stoked for Iron Man, and then it's Ghost oh, yeah. of Tsushima. Like you're in a great like four week period here of crazy shit hitting. Did you discover anything else as far as the the cross buy situation? Did the, were you able to add cross buy later to games? Um, that seems like a thing that's impossible to Google. Yeah, well, that's why. I, yeah, people are saying they're they're just saying things, and then I, it's like, wait, do you understand my question? I said sound shapes, and they go available all th- on all three. I'm like, no, 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 I know, but did that get Diablo three? Uh, I stand Ray Navarre or, or Navarre, I stand Ray Narvaez says, yeah, thank you very much. Gosh, uh, it's it's a little finicky. So, uh, Luisa says sound shapes and Resogun for sure. Spelunky did this for sure, says Dylan. Okay. Volume and 2064 are two examples. Are they? Because I feel like those games had crossed by when they launched. Hmm. Okay. I'm trying to figure out this disc situation still. It looks like they're not. Well, this disc situation, we're just fucked on. You know what I mean? Because it's going to totally be like when uh, PSP Go launched. And there was like, oh man, is there? I have a bunch of UMDs. Can I get those on? There was like these rumors that there were, you're going to be able to take your UMDs to GameStop, and they would like do it and send it to your PSN. And that never fucking happened. None of that shit ever happened. Greg, that's it for the X's and O's. Nickel and dime. You take all that goddamn money from me. Nobody fucking cares. Uh, blessing. What you been playing? Oh man, do we not have an ad? Oh, you want to do the ad here? 
I mean, usually we do it after X's and O's before what you're playing. I mean, like, I just thought maybe we could do whatever we want with the show. You know, I didn't know. I mean, we, we we can. I was, I was just trying to make sure, sure we do a little it, break know? here at the one and a half hour mark. I mean, we can do it. We yeah. can do that for you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's have a word from our sponsor. This episode of PSI Love UXOXO is brought to you by MeUndies. Remember this Pride Month, it's crucial that we take a moment to recognize and remember the intersectionality between Pride and the racial injustices that we continue to endure today. This month, through their MeUndies Gives initiative, MeUndies continues to take action to achieve their mission of creating a more thoughtful and accepting world by making $50,000 donations to both It Gets Better Project and Black Lives Matter. They, like me undies, are committed to standing up against hate and intolerance and creating a world where hope outshines fear for all people. With Me Undies Gives, simply by shopping Me Undies, you help support the cause. And ladies and gentlemen, of course, uh, we believe in both of these uh, initiatives, and you should support them for that reason alone. But also, you know, uh, most of us only wear Me Undies. I for sure do. I had a whole bunch of different underwear. I got my Me Undies. I threw away the other underwear and ordered more Me Undies. And to this day, I still only wear Me Undies. Of course, they are incredibly comfortable. They have a bunch of cool patterns. They just added uh, a baby Yoda one the other day I saw. So there's stuff happening over there at MeUndies that you should be a part of. Um, they're soft. They're great. Uh, feel good. Everybody likes them when they see them. And trust me, if you're Greg Miller, you're showing your undies a lot. Uh, MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. Any first-time purchaser can get 15% off and free shipping. Uh, you got to give this super softness a try, especially because they have 100% satisfaction guarantee. To get your 15% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash P-S-I-L-Y. That's MeUndies.com slash P-S-I-L-Y. Our other sponsor is Purple. Technology has approved just about everything. Phones, cars, shoppings, yet mattresses uh, have more or less been the same since the invention of sleep. But we deserve better. And finally, the mattress has evolved thanks to Purple. The secret of Purple is the Purple Grid. It's a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. Purple is for everybody, no matter how you sleep. Purple is designed with over 2,800 open-air channels and naturally temperature-neutral gel. You'll never sleep too hot or too cold. Uh, our own Tim Geddes uses it, loves it, says uh, it keeps them uh, super cool because it's never getting too hot, which is a huge problem when you're Tim, when you have all that hair. Uh, purple, of course, is the mattress so soft you want it, it is, is soft where you want it, firm where you need it. Uh, it's comfortably cool all over, and it truly is the mattress that does it all. You can count on Purple uh, being there for you every night so you can rest easy. Purple is so confident in what they do that every Purple mattress comes with free shipping and returns and a risk-free 100-night trial. Experience the next evolution of sleep. Go to purple.com slash PSI love you and use the promo code PSI love you. For a limited time, you'll get $150 off any purple mattress order of $1,500 or more. That's purple.com slash PSI love you and use the promo code PSI love you. All right, Blessing, what you been playing? <laughs> uh, I've been playing a little bit of that uh, SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom. Um, man, let me tell Is you. Can you embargo up on that? Can we talk about reviews? Yes, reviews popped today, um, this morning, and my first impressions see... went up today too. Oh yeah, Ooh. and Bear's first impressions. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Gamespot gave it a two, 
two out of ten. <laughs> oh my god, fucking Barrett! No, again, and again, I, and we talked about this a little bit on Games Daily, and I highly disagree with this score because not like most of the reviews are very mixed to, to average to lower review scores. To me, a two, the game needs to be broken in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and in in the sections that I have played, it is not. It is definitely a janky ps2 era game that got remastered uh-huh. that still has charm but like for it to be a two i i i don't know that that's just such a crazy uh uh a crazy uh a score from what i've heard about the multiplayer though the multiplayer yeah. is fucking garbage which uh i'm glad i did not experience for myself and i'm glad i i talked to other people who have experienced it so i don't have to yeah i i mean my views kind of line up with a lot of the reviews out there like i think jonathan dornbush gave it a five which it's hilarious because I think he has that game on his um his fantasy draft and so, and so that oh, I'm nice sure that was like a pain. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he does. And so I'm sure that was like a painful like oh man I have to, I have to fuck myself here. No, I, um, I don't think any. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure if anybody picked uh, the fantasy. Oh no, he I, did. He, oh, did. he did. Wow. Ooh, go to hell. Yeah. Right now it's tracking with a 69 on his. That'll knock off uh his two points he earned off Man Eater. Oh. Wait, like he has like the game has 69 or or yeah. Right now the open critic is a 69 on it. Nice. For SpongeBob? That's actually way higher than I thought it was going to be. Um, based I mean, that's, I'm, keep in mind, that's right now as it's like open. More reviews could come in and bring that down. But yeah, I kind of fall in line with, with Jonathan Thornbush. Like, for the, the few levels that I played, played of it, it was immediately apparent, like the technical issues that, that exist in that game. So yeah. a lot of loading. Loading in places that I don't think needed loading at all. Like you, you jump on the wrong texture and you start, lo- you, like, you load to respawn and it's like long load screens. That stuff has been very frustrating as i've been playing uh another thing i noticed is that it's very much like a ps2 game it feels untouched from the ps2 version which on one side you know cool like if you're gonna put out a remake of a ps2 game and you want to, you want it to to reflect the that actual true experience i'm kind of fine with you not touching it but at the same time playing it it's still it feels like a like an archaic ps2 game in so many ways you know in ways that like for me as somebody who don kong 64 is one of my favorite games you know and that's a game that I I I will not, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna say that game doesn't have issues. Like yeah. that game has quite a few issues. Um, but you know, I love it just because it is it is a relax relaxing experience for me. And I and I love the charm there. And I love uh I love so much about it. As somebody who likes that type of collectathon platforming game, uh, SpongeBob is one of those. And I think it, I think it's an example of you know one of those that just it 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 plays like a. It, it plays very much like a licensed game um, in a way that on the PS2 era, I think it got love because it's a licensed game, but it's not its not bad. It's SpongeBob. We love SpongeBob, and it seems to be all right. Playing it today, all all that That's weight brought era, in man. with it, it's a, it's a different era, and it very much plays like a licensed game where it's like, oh, yeah, y'all just really put this thing together. Like, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to a lot of where these collectibles are. Like, a lot of these enemies are kind of copy and paste. Um, uh, you know, there's 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 a lot of like th- overall, there's just technical issues there, and and I guess that is more so to the fault of the remaster than even the the original game. Um, the thing I will say about it that I have been enjoying is that weirdly, for for me as somebody who grew up with SpongeBob and for somebody who really likes SpongeBob, yeah. it is and it's my first time playing the game by the way, because uh, I didn't you play the saw, PS2. Oh, well, you missed it when it originally came out. Yeah, I missed it when when it came on the PS2. I think I played like SpongeBob the movie, but I never really I never played actual uh, Battle for Bikini Bottom, which people would say is the good one. Um, you know playing it there is charm there like i am enjoying a lot of the 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 spongebob bits and i am enjoying 
um I guess it's just the the collectathon gameplay loop as as kind of badly designed and broken as it is. There's something about it that I'm still like, oh yeah, new level. Oh yeah, I unlocked Sandy. Okay, cool. I got Patrick. Okay, cool. I, there's this weird ability that I can use. Like, there's something about that loop that I think is a bit relaxing, but it's hard for me to want to play this game for more than the the few hours that I played it. Like, I, there are better places I can get the. This I was experience. wondering at the end in Games Daily post show. I knew you were embargoed, but I was like, you know, what are you gonna what are you gonna play this weekend? And you're like. I played some SpongeBob. I don't know if I'll play anymore. I was like, "Oh, that is- <laughs> you were one of the ones excited for this game, were you?" That's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. Yeah. Again, like I've been saying, like if if you're like Blessing and I, were uh, you like the major collectathon 3D platformer stuff? I, I think it does successfully, in a way, scratch that itch. Um, being a fan of the game when it, it came out, uh, like uh, it, I do. It's one of those things where it's like, man, yeah, like this game was really flawed, like, uh, but it was 17 years ago, so we didn't like know any better back then. Being kids and fans of SpongeBob, like we didn't fucking know, um, and so yeah, mm-hmm. playing it in a 2020 lens is kind of like it. It it, it begs the question of like. Does really everything like need a remaster? Like I'm glad that they did, yeah. right? I'm I'm glad that they did it because uh, like so many fans were asking for it, and honestly, like they did, like the game is exactly how I remember it originally. So like they, all they did really was just make it look prettier, um, and so like all of the design things, like I I, I don't think that's really, like I think they set out. I think they did what they set out to do, which is like, hey, we're just we're just gonna sure. bring this game to the modern consoles and just kind of see how people feel about it. Yeah. Um. And I I, I think it that way they su- succeeded. I'm not trying to defend. Uh, For sure. Uh, like all of the things that I've been able to see as an adult, like playing a a, a few of the levels as well. Like, yeah, there's there's a lot going on here that's a complete mess, but I'm still enjoying my time with it. It still get is satisfying when I get another golden spatula to get closer to unlocking the next level and all that stuff like it's it is not a well-designed collectathon but it is still a collectathon that scratches the itch um and it is one to the point where like i looked at the trophy list man and the trophy list isn't terrible it's just 100 percenting the game and like the knowing how long that game is which isn't terribly long um i i think i might platinum this to, to be to be honest yeah you're tempting you, you you keep tempting me a little bit with that like whenever you say it's just a hundred percent thing, and, and knowing that it's not that long, I'm like, hmm, maybe I can use this as an excuse to like to actually get another platinum. Um, but yeah, I think for me, like the biggest bummer of the game is the technical issues. Which for a remaster, that is, hey, let's take this game from the PS2 and let's just like make it pretty and not touch it at all. The least I think they could have done is to fix technical issues because I don't know, I don't know if it had some of the same stuff, like you know, like weird collision and weird frame stuff like going on in the original game but there's stuff there's stuff in this game where i'm like why is this in the remaster like why like it's almost like it's almost like when when this is a really weird and different example but it's like when they when they remaster something like Mega Man, and mm-hmm. it still has like the, the the frame hitches hitches but the fans like that because that's what makes the game like yeah, that, there's that, no way that you have to play it that way yeah yeah, like you have to play it that way because that's the way to play Mega Man. It's almost like that, except to no benefit. It's almost like that where it's like, <laughs> no, you guys could have gotten rid of like some of the technical issues. Like that, that wouldn't have been a problem with us. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm playing that. Uh, I started Hyperlight Drifter uh, because Ooh, that's the Ash trailer. 
I'm very early. So far, it's very difficult in a way that I did not expect. I didn't know this game was going to be be hard. It kind of reminds me of, and I know this is probably a tired analogy, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Souls game in terms sure. of you have to be very uh, um, purposeful with your your dashes and your in your moves uh, so they don't 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 get murked. And you also have to like heal and stuff like you do actively in, in a in a Souls game. So it has quite a few of those elements, and it's a uh, so. In the game, you kind of get thrown into the world, and they kind of go hands off, and you kind of go at your own pace and explore how you will, kind of like a like an old Zelda game. Um, and I'm very lost. <laughs> I'm very I'm very lost. I'm in a part I'm in a part of the game where I'm like, am I supposed to be here? Am I weak? Like, should I go somewhere else? Because I keep getting knocked out like crazy. Um, and so that's that's kind of that's kind of how it's going for me. Though I will say that. I do like the the style and the visuals visuals of it. I think the 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 art of it is really 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 cool, really really good. Um, I don't know how to describe it. It kind of reminds me a bit of like uh, like a this is gonna sound weird, but like a futuristic Shadow of the Colossus kind of thing, where it is like oh yeah, this is a world of mystery or whatever, and th- there's like all these relics and different things, but also like you know there's magic going on, but the magic feels like it's almost like future magic. It it kind of has that kind of vibe to me, which I I, I really dig, um, and I. So far, from what I can what I can gauge, there's like no dialogue. There's like no text. Like all of the all of the communication between characters is done through like images and like weird uh, uh, symbolic stuff, which I think is also really cool. And so, like you know, I'm I'm at a place where I don't know how much more I'm gonna play it because if it if it continues to be this difficult, I don't know if I I don't know if that's just what I'm in the mood for right now. Like if yeah. if I wanted to play something difficult, I'd probably switch to Bloodborne. Um, sure. And finally finish that. But I will say that, like overall, as a game, you know, from the first few hours I played, you know, seems seems pretty cool. You know, I can I can tell I can understand why why Andy uh, loves it so much because it has like some really cool cool vibes that that uh, that come with it. Uh, and then lastly, I I hopped back into Dragon Ball Fighters this last week uh, just because yeah, a friend enough. was a friend was like, yeah, I've been playing Dragon Ball Fighters, and I was like, oh really? And uh, I hopped in. I hopped in there, got some matches in, and, and kind of got re-addicted for a couple days. I fucking love Dragon Ball Fighters. It is arguably <laughs> like it is one. It is one of the best fighting games of this gen, like easily. Oh, it is yeah. crazy how like while that game runs, how good it looks, how good it feels to play, how accessible it is for me as somebody who hasn't played uh, much since like around the the launch months. Uh, jumping back into it, I I was able to get get back into the flow pretty easily. I was able to, you know, remember the the dash mechanic, which is pretty unique to this game, and remember, you know, what the what the uh, character character control schemes are, and like how exactly like the the flow of a match works. And I was kind of I was kind of able to get back to that point of like, oh yeah, I'm 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 back to the point of being uh, or understanding like the language of this game and and and, and being. I guess fluent in like you know how, how how to actually like operate in this game in a way that uh, I think is really cool. You know I think the game is just very accessible in that way, and so been been enjoying that. There are also new characters that I've uh, I'm not necessarily gotten the chance to try out, but I've been playing it against. And so like they added Broly uh, as DLC. Uh, uh, Greg, I know you know all about Broly. I know all about Broly. He's he's yeah. my favorite bug snake. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. A pun. Um, uh, fun fact, actually. <laughs> So there in Dragon Ball Z, there's a race called the Saiyans, right? And that's that's like Goku, right? They Goku go Vegeta. Saiyan. They're yeah, and they go Super Saiyan. Their names are actually puns of vegetables, like weirdly oh. enough to this conversation. And so like Goku's Saiyan name is Kakarot, which is like carrot, Kakarot. Vegeta, gotcha. I guess it's just vegetable now that I think about it. Um uh is this all and yeah, a marketing there's, scheme from big vegetable to get you to eat your vegetables. 
I'm sure. I'm sure there's some kind of collaboration with Bucks Next there that okay. that, that oh, they're trying okay. to go about. But yeah, Broly, I imagine is, is broccoli, and that that um, is trunks. And I guess I don't. I don't know what trunks would be. Tree trunk. I don't know. While we're here, uh, real yeah. quick, chunks, chunks. That's a disgusting word, right? Yeah, I, I hate the word chunks. Cool, as but I also like. I feel like in a lot of contexts, I also hate chunks in general. Yeah, gross. you know, like what when you get like a chunk of something is it's unless it's like unless you're eating like a soup and it's like a chunk of like oh, vegetable or something, then soup. then it's like all right. But most for the most part, a chunk. I, I never, I never I dig like a chunk. Blessing. I, don't like I, chunk. I, I consider myself a chunky boy. You don't like me? What's up? Chunky's no, different. I, I, Chunky's, I think, is different. A different thing. Mm. Yeah, I love chunky. I love chunky. Let, let's let's be clear. It's just Do they still make the candy bar chunky. I don't know. And don't forget Chunky Kong. Oh my gosh, shut up. So that's a fair point. Chunky Kong. Greg, what have you been playing? <laughs> uh, I've been playing a lot of Minecraft Dungeons. Uh, of course, coming off The Last of Us Part 2, uh, I think I had gotten... Or Minecraft Dungeons had released either right before we got the code or right after we got the code. And it had been one of those... I've been, I love a good dungeon crawler. I love Diablo. Um, I've been excited to get into it. And so now with Last of Us off the plate, finally actually jumped into that. I have uh, 58% of the trophies right now. I'm, I'm probably... Uh, I'd say three fourths uh, through, if not even closer than that, of completing my second full playthrough of all the levels because it's like you unlock difficulties and now there's the last difficulty I need. Once I do this, I have to play through the game again on the hardest difficulty for the platinum or whatever. Um, just a great game. It's funny. I really, really enjoy it. It's super fun. It's exactly what I'm looking out of that or for out of that kind of experience where I can turn it on and have a full blown conversation with Jen and just go and hack at enemies and you know dodge roll and use my special abilities or whatever. Um, As you're going through and you're killing all these creatures, obviously you're getting better gear, better equipment. As you level up, you earn enchantment points that you can then apply to your equipment you have. Whenever you're, whenever you you know, it's it's like Diablo, so you're picking up better loot all the time or any kind of loot or shooter, I guess. Uh, And when you find the you know the new you want you know i'm using daggers for the most part so when i find another set of daggers that are better i just you know salvage my old daggers and it gives me back all the enchantment points i invested in it so i can put them into the new uh, daggers which is great it's that perfect mindless to an extent thing of you know i'm sitting there and i'm listening to a podcast or i'm talking to jen or i'm putting on you know chill beats to vibe to or whatever and i'm just Mm -hmm. running through and playing it and then uh, I played with Joey and Lauren the other night, and then Joey played with me on the charity stream for St. Jude, where we just did uh, three and a half hours of Dial- or, uh, of uh, uh, Minecraft Dungeons. And it was a blast. They fuck up a lot of little int- little things that I find interesting, where like when I when I logged on and Joey and Lauren were playing, I went and joined their game, and our friend Lewis joined me, uh, joined on me, and we got in there and immediately like with their gear or something or however the balancing worked or and there is no balancing i guess is the problem like their numbers for attack are like you know i think joey at the time was like level 50 and i was like level uh 20 and so it was just like there i was doing no damage everything was fucking owning me to the point that i just quit and then i quit and then they came and joined me and then they're doing more damage and all the enemies and just like we're just uh, the reason we beat i beat my first playthrough so quickly is because i played with them and we just like crushed 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 and so it's a weird thing I feel like in the age of, you know, Division Two and its scaling, in the age of how Borderlands scales and gives you your own loot drops, it's weird that that's something that they're they didn't think of on this. That there's no easy way to have it scale or you know whatever level you are, you're facing enemies or your your size, right? And I know to an extent if you haven't played it, when you go in to a mission, you can choose the difficulty and it shows you like your power, the recommended power for what's going on, your power, and then your team power. So, like, you can see how the whole team matches up, but 
it's still a weird way to do it that I just don't think works. And I think the other way would have been better. And then on top of that, I, I noticed early on, but then Joey and Lauren don't play like me. They, the, you know, one of the big par- parts of these kind of games is, all right, the objectives are over there, but you look at the map, you know, that you bring up on screen and there's like a hallway this way. Let's go see what's down in nine times out of 10. There's nothing in these hallways. Occasionally you'll run into a chest. Usually you just run into more creatures to beat up for XP, which makes sense, I guess. But if you're already making me replay the levels over and over again, like why would I be looking for more, more enemies to fight in the level I'm in instead of just knocking it out and doing it the normal way? I think they have an issue there, but the gameplay is super fun. Uh, I think it's you know a great game to play with other people. I think it's a great p- game to play by yourself. I think it works in a million different ways. I think you know it's just little things like balancing and making the maps more uh, enjoyable to explore that would have gone a long way. But there's a challenge there. There's a lot of cool different weapons. You know what I mean? You're I'm, I'm firing firework arrows that are doing giant expo- uh, AOE attacks. Um, there's different kind of enemies. You know, uh, Lauren was running a different kind of build. Like there's a whole bunch of really cool stuff they have going on under the hood there that I enjoyed quite a bit. And continue to, I should say, because I do plan on platinuming it. Uh, and then from there, it's kind of some boring stuff. Uh, Predator, I keep playing. Uh, uh, you guys have, you, Blessing in particular, are the weak link and have fallen off and don't want to play anymore. So it kind of screws know. up the balancing of getting everybody in. And then everybody got Last of Us. So for the first time ever, I started just rolling uh, and playing a, a solo. And I was just jumping in and being the Predator. And there's that moment, you know, of like, I'm a good Predator when we play together. And you've seen my skills. You know the skills. Oh, yeah. You're great. And I, I'd like to, I think overall... You know, the group we play with, the five people we usually play with, whether it's Yumi, Fran, you know, uh, Nick, Andy, that's usually the squad, right? But we cycle in some people here and there. We're all pretty evenly matched, and you'll have your good game, you'll have your bad game, but you're usually in the same ballpark. But I know that I, we all have some skills. Jumping into random games as the Predator and having just a new uh, random fire team hunt me, it was that thing of like, this is it. How good at, at this game am I? And then by uh, association, how good are you guys, right? Since we all play together. Let me tell you, Blessing. We are really fucking good at predator hunting. Really? Because I, I went in there and I, like, don't get me wrong, I have lost, obviously, but like, I would say I probably did over the, the weekend 10, maybe seven to 10 matches. And most of them, I just fucking dominated. Damn. Like, not even, didn't even die. Damn. There was like, there was one where the kids, they were really good and they destroyed me. And then there was another one where I had the, the hollow victory where two of them got away and I blew them up with the self-destruct. Mm-hmm. But the other ones were full on. I just killed everybody and ripped out their skulls. And I was doing it quickly. They had no idea we, what they were fucking dealing with. How do we organize some kind of like, kind of funny esports team that is predator focused? That's a great question. You know what I mean? That's a great question how we do that. I think we would have to start our own tournament where we, one person would have to be Predator all the time and I can't volunteer as tribute. But then, oh, you know what? No, it would be. Okay, so here, esports. I like where your head's at. We yes. get our different teams. So we, we get a whole bunch of people that get together their team of four fire team members. And then, you know, you have, so it's just a team. We need to be in the, East, the kind of funny Predator hunting ground esports tournament. You need four people. Then, then when it's your turn to be the predator, you guys get to pick one predator you want to be hunt to be hunting or be hunted. However you want to describe that, right? So it's the four people playing versus one team's predator. And now the problem will be point scoring. I'm not smart enough to come up with that, but we can figure it out. Mm-hmm. We can figure, we can come up with yeah, that. Yeah, we can figure yeah. it out. Because yeah, I mean, we can do clean we, it up right now. How do how do we make this a thing at the the studio launch party when we finally are able to leave our house? Oh, the studio make, launch party in 2023 yeah. when when the yeah. CDC's cleared <laughs> gatherings of more than 100 people. We'll exactly. How do, how do we organize like a wide like community a community wide in person okay. predator hunting grounds play against kind of funny? Let's so it, let's see let's see if you got the stuff. At that point, then what we would do is yeah, we would do the predator hunting grounds. 
uh, eSport league tournament, whatever you want to do. And then we'd have to get it down to having the finals there. And maybe it isn't even that. Maybe, you know, throughout the ranks, whoever wins, well, we'd want to be in it though, right? If we don't win, if we if it comes down to we're in the championship match, the championship match is at the launch party. If it comes down that we didn't make it to the end, then the champions come and they play us. Oh, I like there? It. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah, there's something there too. Um, outside of that, I did the normal thing I occasionally do, which is like, oh, you can see me hopping around a bunch because you know once you have the the uh, you know woe is me the yoke of a review off your back, you kind of like get into this weird mood. I I had a mood after I beat Last of Us Part Two that I wanted to give No Man's Sky another shot, and so I re-downloaded No Man's Sky, started up No Man's Sky again. Saw this happened a couple, I think last year, maybe. Yeah, last year with that uh, Beyond expansion. Is that what they called it? Or Next, whichever one the fir- one was last year with yeah, the VR expansion. It was both Next and Beyond. I, I think, think Beyond's the most recent, so I think I'm talking about yeah. Next, but I could be wrong. But when they added PlayStation VR to it. Um, and I turned it on, saw that save, and I was like, oh man, I only played like three hours. Well, what happened? Started playing this game, and then sure as shit, yeah, like three hours in, it really gets into like building your base and powering your portals and all this stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, like I'm just not into this. I want to explore. I don't want to be tethered to this kind of stuff. And so I just turned it off and never went back. Yeah, I had the exact same thing happen to me when whenever that update was, that first one that was like the big overhaul update. Like I jumped in and I was like, oh, cool. Like No Man's Sky looks awesome. I'd never played it. Uh, it's all. It's been a game that's always kind of appealed appealed to me from the sense of that first reveal always looked awesome from the from the VGXs. And the more and more we we, we learned about it, the more and more I was like, okay, cool, yeah. Like all these quintillion planets, dope. I'm in. Uh, and when it came out, it was just one of those things where I saw the reviews and was like, good, not for me. Uh, yeah. And then yeah, it was that next update I believe where I was like, all right, cool, let's jump in, let's see what it's, what it's about. And I got probably three hours in before I was like. This is not my jam. It's not a game for me. I understand what this is. I understand why people like this. Not for me. Yeah. Uh, but it was fun. And again, yeah, it's the same thing. Beautiful and cool to play. But it was like, all right, cool. It, it cleansed my palate, I think, after the Brutality Last of Us Part 2. And then I was on to ripping out Skulls did you, and Predator. Did you do VR? No, I didn't. No. I did it at that demo, you know what I mean? And I liked it a lot there. But it's the same thing. I'm just like... VR for me is, and I love VR, right? I still do uh, quest and work out with Supernatural. Not every mo- or not every other morning. Even I try to, I'm trying to work out at least do something, right? And so some days it's that, some days it's other things. But it's like that thing of just like when I'm starting to wind down for game time at night. Like usually Jen and Porty are hanging out with me, so I don't want to just be like, all right, see you guys later, and just gone. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Be a zombie next to them, and then then at that point when they do go to bed, it's like, well, I don't want to like drag all this crap out of the way. And usually me and Nick want to go be Dutch apple pie and kill somebody in Predator. So that's how that shakes out. By the way, I found, uh, you know, I talked earlier about pets, which is port everything to Switch. I found a yeah. tweet from uh, the homie, who I'm not going to pronounce their name right, Wakis Kaimkani. Uh, and they tweeted at me. Uh, this is from June 3rd. They, they tweeted, first of all, they corrected me. They're like, oh, yeah, pets is port everything to Switch with a, with a happy face, which thank you, uh, Wakis. Uh, he then said that a good idea for the PlayStation, PlayStation one could be Pops. Port onto PlayStation. Pops. Okay. Oh, that's what I'm I mean, PSP kind of works though. I don't think you. Uh, uh, while we're calling out people who give good tweets, uh, while we were live, I tweeted it like, "What is the? Uh, give me a crossplay that I'm thinking of that has happened with a distance." And you gave me names, but not time windows, except for Caleb Hurley, who said my tweet didn't send, but in case no one else said it, Ratchet and Clank trilogy. It launched on Vita two years after the PS3, and you got it for free if you had the PS3 version digitally. Great example. So you can easily, in quotes, add to cross-play. No, cross-buy, sorry. So hopefully yeah. there'd be hope for PlayStation 5. 
Van Blessing. As we transition into 104 PSN games ranked, I played Pong Quest finally. And I didn't get... If Pong Quest came out to PlayStation 4 after dodging me, uh, I jumped in. I mean, I downloaded it, but we've been so caught up. We, of course, if you didn't know, each week we're going through what was the drop, now just a list of games on the PlayStation blog. Blessing and I each pick a game. Uh, We go and play it. We come back and basically preview it uh, and then rank it in one giant list of what we've played this year off of these PSN games and what we think of them, right? Uh, Pong Quest... I remember when we read about it initially, I liked Pong enough, but it was this Pong RPG kind of thing. Like, what exactly is going on with it? It's really cute. It's actually a really cool idea. Uh, And it ran fine on PlayStation 4. But the idea is that, yeah, you know, you start the game, you're this Pong paddle hopping through this, like, kingdom. There's a king who gives you a task. You get to dress yourself, and there's all these different customizable things to put on it. And then you go into... um, uh, Like, dungeons. You go into dungeons, right? And it kind of looks like... um. What's the game I liked where I was the merchant and I can never remember the name of it? Oh, um, I know what game you're talking about. Uh, it's on Switch. It's a yeah. pixelated indie game. Just put out uh, DLC for it. Fuck. God, I know what game you're talking <laughs> about. What? <sighs> Moonlighter. Moonlighter. You yeah. go into dungeons all in Moonlighter there and there's things to fight or whatever. But when you run up to fight them, you go into Pong games with them. And they're the other paddle, and you're the paddle, and you guys go back and forth, and you hit a ball back and forth a la Pong. As you hit that, as you hit the, them with the ball, and they hit you with the ball, you, you know, whoever's getting hit loses a hit point. And eventually, when it gets down to critical, that's when you have to score the, get the ball past them to beat them. As you go through and do all this, you're opening up treasure chests and getting special balls like curve balls or, you know, mega balls or, you know, all sorts of different stuff like that that you can then choose to bring in and use to fight against them that way. And so, Totally goofy, a weird idea of like, let's make a uh, dungeon crawling Pong game or whatever, but it works and it was cute and it was fun. And like, I didn't play it for too long at all because of uh, everything else was going on, but I enjoyed myself. It, 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 I, you know, the fact that it didn't come when it was supposed to, I was like, oh, is it going to have problems? Is it going to be this? Again, for the 30 minutes I played of it, I thought it was a cute idea. And it was definitely, as somebody who likes Pong, an interesting way to play Pong finally. That's really cool. So, Blessing, I need to toss it on the list, obviously. Right now, the top 10 is Telling Lies, uh, John Wick Hex, Streets of Rage 4, Under Night in Birth, Hunt Down, uh, number 6 is Round Guard, number 7 is Darwin Project, number 8 is Hidden Through Time, number 9 is Kamiko, number 10 is Foxy Land 2. Remember, Man. these are just glancing previews we do. The list has over 41 games on it. Or I guess 40 games. 41 games on it. Uh, you can go to kindoffunny.com slash 104 list to see the entire thing. And then, yeah, where to drop in Pong Quest? I will say every time you read through the list and you get to Darwin Project, I I hurt a little because that game uh, it's uh, no, but like it's it's dead now. Like it's a dead game or not yeah. not dead yet. It die it dies at the end of the year, but very quickly after the PlayStation release of that game, they were like, "Hey guys, you can't support it anymore. It's just not a success." And yeah, I saw that. Yeah, my heart breaks for it because it was a good oh. game. I'm dropping Pong Quest at number 12. That means it's beneath the snaky bus, but above Deliver Us the Moon. Again, a fun thing. It's Pong. It's a goofy little idea. And that's the thing is it's a goofy little idea. I don't know if I would go back and play it for more hours, but I enjoyed the idea of it kind of thing. Now, Blessing, the thing about it is we are way off track because we had to focus on Last of Us review. Uh, We did one of the the shows out of order. So we're way behind on how many we're going to do. So we need to figure that out. But rather than try to crack that code now, I say we pick next week's games and then down the line figure out where we're adding more PlayStation games to play. All right, that sounds good to me. Maybe when when we actually net it all out, we'll go through and be like, all right, this is how we have to actually figure this out. So 
for the first time, because we haven't done this segment in so long, it is the fact that, yes, the PlayStation blog combined all the territories into one and did away with the drop. So rather than give you the drop now where it describes the games, uh, Justin tells you what's coming up this week on PlayStation, obviously releasing tomorrow in every territory and just lists the games by name. So now, more than ever, it is a blind pool of what the fuck we're going to pick and what we end up with, which I kind of dig. There's like no there's like no screenshots, no description. We're nope. just like looking at names and just going. So here we go. This is your list of games mm. this week. Assetto Corsa Competizono. Uh PlayStation 4 out June 23rd. What Bounty do you Battle. Think, I'm sure you might know what Assetto Corsa is, but what do you think it oh, is? God, if you no don't idea. Know. I have no idea. Really, what you don't, you don't know what Assetto Corsa is? It sounds like car racing. It, it is it's car like racing. Italian car racing. Yeah, I remember seeing it on the PlayStation store like earlier in the PS4 cycle, I guess. I think it was, I think the game was just called Assetto Corsa, and it always looked like a fancy driving game, and I was always curious about it. And I looked up gameplay, and I was like, "Oh, this isn't See, as, as fancy as it sounds." Of course, there's rules if you're just joining us for uh, this. The idea is that uh, we can't pick the same game, we can't pick something that's AAA, and we can't pick something we were going to play anyway. So, like, I could put like. Um, Minecraft Dungeons in there, but I can't because, of course, I was going to play that no matter what. So, I'm sorry. Let's get back to the list here. So, then it's Bounty Battle PlayStation 4. That's EU only, though. Coaster PlayStation 4. America's only. Conan Chop Chop on PlayStation 4. Says EU only. What, what are they doing in Europe? <laughs> I would play. I would have picked Conan Chop Chop, no problem. Uh, Covert PlayStation Four EU only. Firefighters Airport Heroes on PlayStation Four in the Americas only. Hunting Simulator Two uh, uh, EU only. Jump Step Step EU only. That's PlayStation Four. Uh, in fact, EU all doing? these are PlayStation Four. I'll tell you if it's otherwise. Indie Cop Indie like in Apocalypse Indie Indie Copolis uh, Americas only. Only uh, Little Town Hero, America's oh. only Mad Runner, America's only Octonaut on PlayStation uh, June 23rd, America, June 24th, EU Pancake House, PlayStation 4, EU only uh, Paw, uh, yeah, it's Paw Aromium, right? PlayStation 4, EU. I think it already came out here in America. Party Pumper, EU only uh, Pushy and Pulley and Blockland. Uh, June 24th, America. June 26th, EU. Rugby Challenge 4, EU only. SpongeBob SquarePants, which we want to pick. Star Wars Episode 1 Racer, PlayStation 4. Uh, Super Toy Cars 2. Uh, A Summer with the... A Summer with this... A Summer (laughs) with the Shiba Inu. Tower of Time Ultra Core. Tower of Time uh, America on the 23rd, EU 24th. Ultra Core, 23rd in America, 26th in the EU. Blessing. The way we decide who picks first, of course, is what number it is. I do odds. You do evens. This, of course, is episode 25, meaning that I get to pick. Now, do you, do you, are you familiar with Little Town Hero? No. It's uh, developed by Game Freak. Who's Game it's Freak? The, Game Freak is like the Pokemon, like they developed the, mm. the Pokemon games. Mm. It, it's, uh, it used to be just be called Town when it was first revealed during like a Switch, uh, like during like a d- direct. And sure. it's basically like this this cute RPG. Uh, I don't know the exact mechanics because I started playing it and I immediately, I think it came out last fall and I think I just got like sidetracked. But it's a game that I've always kind of wanted to come back to. It's a, It seems like a really cool game, but it didn't really get much uh, uh, talk when it came out. Well, great for you. I wasn't going to pick that anyway. For me, I tell you right now, I would have been a slam dunk. I would have gone Pancake House, but that's EU only. So then oh, I feel like man. I'm left with Firefighters, Airport Heroes, or a Summer with the Shiba Inu. And I got to tell you, I'm going to have a summer with the Shiba Inu. Dude, have a have a great summer. <laughs> <laughs> Are we not? So wait, is Star Wars Episode One Racer 
Is that does that count as AAA or no? I don't think it counts as AAA. No, it's a re-release of an N64 game, right? Then I'm going Star Wars Episode One Racer. Like I was okay. gonna, uh, yeah, that's a game I'm definitely gonna gonna play for uh, for this segment. I was Do I was between less. that, uh, I was between that uh, Little Town Hero and Pushing and Pulling and Blockland because I think if I remember correctly, Pushing and Pulling and Blockland is another game that was in like the Nintendo Directs. Um, that was like a, a fun little puzzle game. If it's the one I'm thinking of as I search it as I'm talking about it. Um, oh no, this is definitely a different game. I, I I've not heard, heard of this game, but it looks interesting. Yeah, I'm going to uh, Episode One Racer. Uh, if you want to toss, I sent you a YouTube link there to, uh, it's going to take uh, me a second just cause I, I can't, I don't have Slack easily available. So give oh, me don't second. worry about it. The summer with the Shima, she, summer with the Shiba Inu is a visual novel where it looks like Shiba Inu runs an inn and uh, has other Shiba Inus come stay at his house. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Let me that's tell actually, you. That actually sounds very exciting. That's, that's, that's going to be a good one right there. Hold on, ladies I, and gentlemen. I got it coming up. Okay. Okay. It's coming up. Um, while you do that, Big Daddy Barrett Courtney. I do want to check in on the PS I Love You XOXO Fantasy Critic League. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, you can go and keep up with everything that's happening there at kindoffunny.com slash PS League. The idea is we invited some of our industry friends over months ago now. Uh, we did a draft where we picked a fantasy slate of games, and now based on how those games do on Open Critic, we get points or lose points depending on it. It's a, For every point above 70, you get plus one. For every point below, you get minus one. Um, right now, I bring it up, of course, because there is a new number one team on the block, everybody. Whoa. And it's Portillo Publishing, LLC. That's right, me, Greg Miller. I have taken the lead right now with 41 points. You might say, how did that happen? It's because The Last of Us Part Two I took with the number one pick, and currently that has earned me 31 points. Uh, it has 95 on Open Critic right now. So what I said earlier about how the rating scale happens doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't understand what I just did, but don't worry about it. Uh, then, yeah, so I have 31 points off Last of Us Part Two. Then Minecraft Dungeons has a 72, which got me two points. Blood Roots got a 78, which gave me eight points, bringing me to first place with 41 points points behind yeah. me though is big belly games that's geo Corsi from ilphonic now uh doom eternal gate got him 19 points resident evil 3 got him nine points he still has marvel's avengers this year uh predator hunting grounds lost geo 13 points streets rage 4 got him 15 and then ghostwire tokyo of course is still on his docket as well uh, behind him is uh, Callie over at GameSpot. Uh, she has 18 points off of Final Fantasy VII Remake, and that's it, leaving her at 18 right now. She has Skull and Bones, too, which will not get her any points because it will not release this year, according to them. She also has Yakuza Like a Dragon, Persona 5 Scramble, uh, Godfall, and Rainbow Six Quarantine, which will be interesting to see if they release that this year. Uh, behind her is Blessing at... Oh, wait, I'm feeling like I'm skipping Dornbush. No, he is at the bottom list. Okay. Uh, behind him is Blessing at Oye Junior with Rapstar Games. Currently, you you have 15 points with Neo. Uh, you have zero points with Guilty Gear Strive because that's not going to come out. They say this year. However, I'm very, I'm very excited about my list. You have a huge roster. You have 20. You have Cyberpunk 2077, Iron Man VR, uh, Neo 2. I already said uh, Lego Star Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga, Tales of Arise, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Call of Duty 2020, Babylon's Fall, Mortar Shell, Ghost Runner, and Spider Man Miles Morales. Yeah, Remember, man. of course, you spent how much on Miles Morales to get him on your team? 
uh, I want to say like $98. I spent $98? pretty much all my money except for a dollar. That's the thing right now because we can bid on games, right? Uh, you, me, and Dornbush are the only ones paying attention, which I love. You have you have $1 left in your budget. Dornbush has yes. 75 and I have 98 because I lost out on a bunch of stuff. So I'll let you know. I put some picks out there. Uh, tonight they do this. So actually by tomorrow when you get this episode, check in to see what happened to see if Dornbush screwed me over or if Blessing came up with a $1 bid to get me. I didn't bring it up. My my list still has these available. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines 2, uh, Carrion, and then Outriders. But I'm hoping to add a few more tonight. We'll see what happens. Oh, and then, yeah. you, you made some uh, you made some bids? You made a, oh, I made you made a few bids? There. Yeah, I made oh, a few bids. Like, I'll like, tell what? you if you don't tell Dornbush. Oh, yeah, I will not. People I won't. watching live. People watching live. Don't, don't fuck me. All right? Don't fuck me, YouTube. Uh, right now, I have bids on uh, on for uh, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, Jet, The Far Shore. Oh, smart. Uh, even though we talk shit about it today, bug snacks. And we didn't talk shit, but it's like, how's that really going to review? I don't know. Yeah. But I think with you on the sidelines with a dollar, I feel like I can make some picks here. And then I, I did. We talked about it. I did make a move on Star Wars Squadron. So we'll see what happens. Oh, dude, I was thinking really hard actually about Jet the Far Shore um, because that game is like a mystery to me. But coming from the Super Brothers, like, you know, yeah. they're known for quality. And so, yeah, who knows? Now, chat, be cool. Like I said, don't fuck me over. Be cool, right. chat. Also, uh, chat, don't is- give Greg any more ideas. Dornbush, Dornbush's thing has right now. Maneater got him two points. Uh, SpongeBob he has as well at sixty nine. That's not it, not not enough reviews are going to give him any points on that. However, he also has Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Watch Dogs Legions, unannounced Batman WB Montreal game, Spelunky two, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Psychonauts two, Little Nightmares two, The Pathless, uh, Destroy All Humans, and Deathloop. So he's got some stuff in there still, some bangers. Yeah. It's gonna get interesting as this continues out throughout the year. If if Cyberpunk gets delayed to 2021, I will be very upset about this draft. Because yeah. that is like my number one contender right now for me catching up with you with the last of part two. Well, I think you have enough on your list that you I'm more worried about catching up to you. This really? is a marathon and not a sprint. You know what I mean? And I think right now I'm all right, cool. I'm on. I'm in first place, but that could change so quickly. Like, yeah, 31 sure. points from Last of Us is huge, but you have, like you said, Cyberpunk. You have uh, a Spider-Man. Both those, I think, are gonna, are going to do. I mean, I, being generous, 85, no problem. You know, yeah. 85 and 85 on Open Critic, no problem. I would think. I, I would definitely that. think higher. You know, I think if Iron Man VR. Uh, holds to the quality the demo had, I think you're going to be fine too. Like I would say that's, uh, I mean, your open critic and a million other people talking about it. 75 is what I would think based on that demo. Maybe even if it's better than the demo in 80, but the problem then is like, what if it doesn't live up to that demo they did? What if also, um, I, it's also the thing of what works to your advantage is I think only VR people will review that really. Yeah. You know, IG and GameStop will not that they're not VR people. I'm not trying to throw shade, but I think you'll have more enthusiast outlets do that, which might give it more like, Hey, for VR, I understand what I'm working with and why this goes. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. We'll see. Blessing. Let's check in for trophies and chill. Plus a PlayStation network profile. Remember ladies and gentlemen, you can write in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games with questions and your PSN name for judgment today. Mizuki did Mizuki wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Greg, it's finally happened. The platinum trophy has bit me. I had not been a part of the PS3 generation. In fact, I didn't buy one until 2016 to play the tales games. And I got into the PlayStation four generation late. I had never tried to get a platinum until I played God of War last year. Love the game enough that I wanted to do the Valkyrie fights, and by that point, I was so close to the trophy I had to. Now, every game I pick up, I weigh whether I'm going to get the platinum or not. I'm currently, excuse me, I'm currently at a modest six platinums with the seventh uh, for Telltale Batman coming soon. 
I'm looking for other Platinum Trophy suggestions for games that aren't JRPG game length. Hope you can help. Mizuki13, uh, taking him over then to psnprofiles.com uh, slash Mizuki13. We can see what's going on. Uh, right now, right. Mizuki is playing The Last of Us Part 2. I'm sorry, yeah? Actually, no, go ahead, actually. You're going to get here in a second. Uh, Last of Us Part 2 is what you're playing right now, Mizuki. As of this, you have seven of 26 trophies. I decree that needs to be your next Platinum trophy. The Last of Us Part 2, a very oh, enjoyable Platinum. Two playthroughs and then some, a bunch of cleanup, and you'll be fine, but do that. Uh, you are working on Batman behind that. And then Platinums, let's get into it here. You got Concrete Genie, I see here. Hell yeah. yeah then, that was actually what I was going to point out. Is the Concrete Genie Platinum easy? Because I'm looking at like the the... Uh, percentage of yeah. people that have it. And it seems like it's like a 12.6% of people who who played it have the platinum. And it also looks like he got it in like a day, which is peak yeah, my interest. Yeah, no, the Concrete Genie one is, uh, I, I thought, as I talked about it in the review and stuff, right? I think not, I think not a perfect game, but like it's a perfect feeling. Like that's one of the few games that when I beat it, I was sad that I beat it. Like, and when I platinumed it, I was sad that I platinumed it because I wanted to be in that world more. It is chasing down, uh, you know, notebook pages and figuring out puzzles and stuff, but they do such a good job of listing their collectibles that it's really easy to be like, I don't understand where this one page is and you go find out where it is and go get it. I might, uh, I thought, I might, I might dive into that. That feels dude, like it, it might, it could, awesome. It feels like it because I've been meaning to get to it forever. I like started in the fall and was again like la this last fall for games was kind of wild. And so like, yeah. you know, I, I bounced in and bounced out of a lot of stuff. And this seems like it could be like the perfect game for like that palette cleanser between Last of Us uh, and Ghost yeah. of Tsushima. Yeah, that'd be a great one for you. Yeah. Uh, so Platinums right now, you have our Concrete Genie, Psychonauts, Marvel Spider-Man, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and God of War. This is a dynamite trophy list for if you're just doing Platinums. Very good, Mizuki. I'm proud of you on that one. Yes, uh, yeah, I would say Last of Us Part 2, though, needs to be your next one for sure. And it's not that long, especially when you're going to go through and have beaten it already. And I'm scrolling back. Oh, man, you got 43, 44 of the Death Stranding trophies. That's, Death Stranding is a chunk of ch change in time, though. Don't worry. I'm just checking out that. I respect the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, I'm totally. 100%. That's one that I, I really thought about getting, but playing that game on hard mode was just beyond me. Uh, and so I really respect somebody who's able to commit and actually push through and get it. Yeah, I'd say buckle down, get that Last of Us Part Two. That's a good one to go for. Um, also, Nier Automata. Like I, I see here that uh, that Mizuki played Nier Automata and got thirty-two out of forty-eight trophies. And I don't know how easy the the, the platinum in Nier Automata is. I know that at a certain point you can like pay for trophies, but I also think they're super expensive. So I don't know if most people do that or not. Yeah. But Nier Automata, very good game. I'm assuming if you got thirty-two of the trophies, you really like that game. Nier Automata. Hey, like go for it. Hey. Is what I say. Okay, there you go. Those are our picks for you, Mizuki. Thank you for caring, and thanks for submitting your PlayStation Network profile. If you want to be like Mizuki, of course, patreon.com slash kindafunnygames. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PSI Love You XOXO episode 25. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, you can watch us record it live on patreon.com slash kindafunnygames. You can get it uh, with the post show. You can get it ad-free. You can have a great time. Uh, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can go to youtube.com slash kindafunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe each and every Tuesday morning to get the show hot and fresh. Now, blessing. Adio, yay. Junior. Um... Uh, a couple weeks ago, you did something unheard of, and you brought back a segment called Singing to Shuhei. If you remember, in volume one of PS I Love You XOXO, we had you, the audience, uh, send in a song. We would put it at the end of the MP3. We didn't put it at the end of the YouTube video because it can cause a lot of problems for us with copyrights and stuff like that. However, you brought it back a couple weeks ago, and then we were like, we'll do it on not even special occasions, when the mood strikes, when we have something good there, right? We got a letter 
from an artist. That's right, an artist that I wanted to read here and then play his song. Hey, I'm Sean James, a soulful blues and folk musician from Chicago. You're about to hear Through the Valley, a song I wrote years ago that was used in the original reveal trailer for The Last of Us Part Two. That one we were oh. talking about earlier, right? Where Ellie is sitting there playing, talking about walk through the, uh, walk through the valley, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean James wrote that, it turns out. And then Ellie recorded it for that thing uh, that I wrote in, in the original review of Trailer for Last of Us Part 2. I'm honored to not only have that song featured in The Last of Us 2, but also for having the opportunity to craft Ellie's lyrics for a song she's writing throughout the game. I had beaten The Last of Us Part 2 twice. And then Sean, we got connected through a friend of ours from IGN or ex-IGN. And when he was talking to me about it and telling me what it was, I remember if you open Ellie's journal, this is not a spoiler. You see her working on a song and crossing stuff out and putting things in. It turns out that, yeah, Sean James here, of course, the man who wrote Through the Valley, wrote was Damn. worked with Naughty Dog to write those lyrics as well, which I thought was just a really cool thing. That's really awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Good for you, Sean. Good, Good job, Sean. We appreciate you, and I'm glad we got. I'm glad it was really interesting the way uh, life brought us together on that one. Of like, oh yeah, like this is you know, like it, I we you brought it up, you'd thought about it, all these different things of bringing you back, and then there it was. So what is happening? Knock on wood. We are taking a risk. We are taking a leap of faith here. If you are watching on YouTube, we are actually going to play the video here on the one. You don't have to click anywhere else. Apparently, we're going to be whitelisted, so we won't be copyrighted, striked, and all that other jazz. But if you see it uploaded without it, that's what happened. Uh, And then if you're the MP3, you'll hear it, no no problem. So ladies and gentlemen, this has been PS I Love You, XOXO, unless you're sticking around for the post show. Thank you for being a Patreon. Uh, Again, you already know where to get it. You already know what to do it. So instead, to play us out, here's Sean James with Through the Valley.
Day.